The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. I am Pat Gray, and this is Pat Gray Unleashed. Mm. Uh, first of all, just to, to attend to a, a, a couple of questions that we've been getting on Twitter and email and all of that. Stu's not here. Uh, not because I didn't want him to be here. Mm. Uh, he just has too much going on right now. He's producing the radio show. And then what? Uh, and TV after that. And so then he produces the show for you know Glenn's TV show, yeah. and but he will stop by occasionally. We'll still see him. Uh, Jeffy, we're still looking for some steel girders to reinforce the chairs in here so that he can stop by once in a while. You gotta um, you gotta get in touch with OSHA before you do stuff like that. Yeah, right? uh, my producer here is uh, Keith Melanac. Interestingly, when I when I started my talk radio career in in Houston, Texas, hmm. uh, Keith Melanac was my producer. And uh, a few years after that, he left me to go work at a tire store in Omaha, Nebraska. No, not that there's not anything accurate. wrong with uh, tire stores. No, uh, but uh, it was Get a strange move. Straight, don't be spinning this fake news. It was a tire store in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, that's right. It was Charleston right? first, and then and then what was it in Nebraska? Nah, it was uh, Houston to Omaha, Omaha to Charleston, because yeah. that's where the tire jobs are. So, if you'd like to get in touch with us today, it's 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. We need to spell something out with that, Pat. Let's, yeah, let's work on coming up with a word, okay? I'm going to work on that. I'll get back okay, to you. Okay, you work on that. That's what I do over L- here. And let me know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got a lot. We have a lot going on. There's a lot to talk about. There's Irma, of course. Miami was spared. Uh, really, much of Florida was spared. Obviously, the Keys got hit head on. Mm. Uh, so, that was that was bad. But... It could have been so much worse because this was a Category 5, went to a 4, but if that had hit Miami head-on, uh, it, it would be a much different discussion today. So fortunately, it weakened and, and, and just skimmed past Miami. Miami was spared the worst of it. By the time it got to Tampa, it was a Category 1. So very blessed and very fortunate there, too. But uh, even so, 6.2 million people in Florida are now without power, which goes to being prepared, right? It's, you know, with generators, if you can, with a food supply, while you're waiting for others to get there to help you out, it's always nice to have supplies of your own so that you don't have to depend on anybody else. Um, and then, of course, Harvey in Houston, um, it, just a tragic story. We've, we've been uh, talking a lot about that in church because we're you know they're trying to rally people to go down there and and help out there are still homes that are five to eight feet underwater what are we two weeks away from from the storm and five to eight feet of water still in people's homes so there's there's an awful lot to do in houston and uh there's a lot of volunteers but they, they request that you don't just show up because that puts a heck of a strain on the system. If you have uh, an idea of where you're going to go, if you know exactly where you're going to go and you're working with an organization, they definitely want you. If you just show up and say, hey, direct me somewhere, or I'm going to go wander around and go door to don't do that because it just strains the system and they, they, just, can't, they just can't handle it right now. But um, Harvey, the, the recovery of this storm looks like it might be eight years for the city where I started my talk radio career and we lived for eight, eight years. And I, I absolutely 
love the city of Houston. It's it's really become um, my home. Uh, Dallas is obviously where I live, but I still considered Houston home. And the people there are so fantastic. And so it's no surprise now that, uh, and I talked about this a little bit last week on, on the radio show, on Glenn's show, that there, there are just neighbors helping neighbors. There's, there's nobody asking, well, is, is the person I'm about to help black or Hispanic or are they white? Nobody cares about any of that. Nobody, nobody wants to know what color you, you're just a Houstonian. You're just a, a human being, a fellow human in trouble. And so they're lending a hand and they're, they're getting the work done. And uh, they're, just, they're doing everything they possibly can to make this better for their fellow human beings. It's, it's an amazing thing to see. And uh, right at the beginning of this, when it looked like everybody was banding together and doing what they can to help their fellow neighbor, there was an article that came out in Salon that uh, this, isn't, this isn't an example of, of bringing out the best in people. This is just what happens when a, when a tragedy occurs. They just have to. Well, no, they don't. They don't have to. But they're doing it. And they're doing it because they care. And they're, they're not doing it because somebody else on, on either side of them is white. They're doing it because there's a neighbor in trouble and they want to help. So it's been an amazing thing to see. So you contrast that with the New York Times today and this article about a new kind of uh, civil war coming. Uh, the article states, a day after the brawling and racist brutality and deaths in Virginia, Governor Terry McAuliffe asked, how do we get to this place? Well, the more relevant question after Charlottesville and other deadly episodes in Ferguson, Charleston, Dallas, St. Paul, Baltimore, Baton Rouge, and Alexandria is where is the United States headed? How fragile is the Union, our republic, and a country that has long been considered the world's most stable democracy? The better question is, why do people keep calling our country a democracy? It's not a democracy. Thank you. We are a constitutional republic. Uh, the radical right was more successful in entering the political mainstream last year than in half a century, the Southern Poverty Law Center reported in February. I, I am so tired of publications like the New York Times quoting the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is about as legitimate as quoting the Research and Statistics Department at the KKK. I mean, it is, they, they have an agenda there is an absolute agenda to the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's, it's a place that has named David Barton from Wall Builders a terrorist. <laughs> Gives you an idea of uh, what the Southern Poverty Law Center is all about. Yeah, but he, when he rocks those American flag shirts and walks around this building like he owns a place, I mean, it does he's, terrify he's people. dangerous. Terrifying. Yeah. But also, uh, we've talked about these goofballs on the alt-right. They're not on the right of this political spectrum. Thus, the word alt in alt-right. It stands for alternative. It's an alternative to the right. Uh, also, these skinheads, these neo-Nazis, not an American right-wing organization. We don't live in Europe. That's where Nazism, that's where fascism is on the right. Not here in America. So we shouldn't have to keep saying this, but the right is small government. Uh, the right is for a government that's not large enough to actually put people in concentration camps. But this article quotes uh, Keith Mines, who's one of several national security experts whom foreign policy 
asked to evaluate the risks of a second civil war with percentages. Mines concluded that the United States faces a 60% chance of civil war over the next 10 to 15 years. What's that percentage? 60%. Hmm. Other experts' predictions ranged from 5% to 95%. The sobering consensus was about 35%. So all these experts got together, and if you average it all out, it comes up like a 35% chance we're going to have civil war in the United States. Uh, and that was five months before Charlottesville. But his uh, the conditions he states, I mean, he's got a really good point on the conditions that exist here. Okay. Uh, entrenched national polarization. We definitely have that. Check. No obvious meeting place for a resolution. We're definitely there. Check. Increasingly divisive press coverage and information flow. We absolutely have it. Just check Twitter on check. any given moment. Weekend institutions notably Congress and the judiciary, a sellout or abandonment of responsibility by political leadership and the legitimization of violence as the in way to either conduct discourse or solve disputes. I I mean, all of that is absolutely true, but where it goes awry again is uh, this paragraph. President Trump, quote, modeled violence as a way to advance political, politically and validated bullying during and after the campaign mines wrote judging from recent events the left is now fully on board with this so he seems to be blaming left-wing violence on donald trump which is absolutely absurd Mm -hmm. uh the left has been fully on board with violence since the dawn of time Uh, in the early 1900s there were anarchists and communists who were violent uh blowing things up uh, one of those huge. We've talked. We talked about it many times on uh, Glenn's radio show. The massive explosion that rocked New York in, I think it was 1919, done by anarchists in the 30s and 40s. It was socialism and and socialist violence. And I don't know. Do the 60s ring a bell for anybody on leftist violence? You had the Weather Underground that was willing to murder. And this was in. I mean, this was this was part of their organization's charter. They might have to murder 25 million Americans. Uh, and that was okay with them. But Donald Trump once said during a rally, hey, take that guy's coat. <laughs> and those are the same thing. Uh, no. It's just absurd. I mean, we have to do what we can uh, to sort of turn down the temperature in our country. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of rhetoric. There's a lot of hatred. And again, just check check your Twitter feed. Check your Facebook uh, pe- pe- page. Um Turn on the radio, and yeah, you're going to hear some some nastiness. And, you know, some of it might even come from me. <laughs> but <laughs> but the thing is, we, we've always had political discourse in this country that was on the edge. And we've, we've mentioned this a million times. You go back to the, the po- political uh, presidential campaign of 1800 with uh, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, and they're calling each other every name in the book. Um, you know, Jefferson said that that John Adams was a hermaphrodite who neither had the softness of a woman nor the firmness of a man, Uh something to that effect. I don't have the quote exactly in front of me. And then John Adams' response was that if Thomas Jefferson was elected, there'd be blood and rivers and rape in the streets of America (laughs) and and heads on pikes. But by the end of their life, they were best friends again. 
Yes, because that's how we do things here. You that's know, how we do things. As you're going through the way communists and anarchists go around and, and create agitation, I'm thinking through the communist countries in this world, and they were all taken over that way. They weren't taken over through peaceful. No one, mm-hmm. no one ever just willingly says, "Yes, I want to be a communist-ruled country." Yeah, but for some reason. Uh, communism is the most peaceful thing in the world mm. to, to kids today, to professors today who are teaching our kids. It, they go into, they, they check into a, a college and all they hear is, you know, the, the equality of communism and that capitalism is evil and that capitalism hurts people and that capitalism causes inequality. I still love somebody to tell me how my unequal salary hurts me at all between me and Bill Gates. Bill Gates and, and my salary are very unequal. And yet, we're both fine. I, I, I don't know how that hurts me. Because he has $72 billion, and I don't. Uh, so what? He doesn't pay my salary. He doesn't take money out of my salary. That's, that's for uh, me, and that's my responsibility. I, I just don't understand how they... That's the whole capitalism is a pie argument. And if he takes too big a piece of pie, then I don't have any. But that's not how capitalism works. The way it works is you create more pieces of pie. <laughs> it's the beauty of it. And that's why it has worked so well. And that's why this inequality thing is just a nonsensical argument that we hear over and over and over again. Our sponsor this half hour of uh, Pat Gray is uh, CosmoHurtsKids.com. CosmoHurtsKids.com is on a mission. Cosmo Hurts Kids founder is Miss Victoria Hurst. Victoria's family's company, the Hurst Corporation, is the publisher of Cosmopolitan Magazine, commonly called Cosmo. But Victoria believes that Cosmo contains pornography that's harmful to children. Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign is not trying to censor the magazine they're not trying to put them out of business miss Hurst's goal is just to simply have states material harmful to minor laws applied to cosmopolitan magazine like it is to other forms of pornography so it can't be sold to anybody under the age of 18 so if you'd like to learn more if you agree you want to learn more about cosmo hurts kids campaign please visit cosmohurtskids.com Cosmo, C-O-S-M-O, HurtsKids.com. Miss Victoria Hurst believes in free speech. She's not trying to censor or put Cosmopolitan Magazine out of business. It's, it's her family's corporation, after all. But she believes that we all need to take a stand against pornography being sold to anyone under the age of 18. It's hard not to agree with that. So visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. It's true. I am here. And uh, great to have you with me. We're happy about that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I guess they've worked on what that spells before. Right. Is this from Doc in the morning? Yeah, apparently the morning blaze guys. Eight eight nine hundred dude, which they spell out D E W D. Isn't that right? Um, that's not how you spell dude. 
So, <laughs> you know, really, I'm not sure we go with Jeffy eight 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 nine hundred dude, <laughs> but it's a eight 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 nine hundred three three nine three. Get a spell check on that. Um, you know, I, it's it's interesting because nine eleven as we get further and further away from the original day, it just the whole thing sort of fades from your life and and you know it's just that's part of our healing process i guess but um as we've said many 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 times we don't we don't see what happened that day enough to to really steal us against um forgetting how serious the threat is and i just i wish and most most networks have now banned uh, showing that because I guess it's it's too traumatic for us, or they don't want to upset uh, Muslims, or uh, whatever their nonsensical reason is. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but now we're 16 years removed from it, and I, uh, Keith and I were were sitting in uh, similar circumstances. We were in a, a radio studio at KPRC in Houston, and we had one television monitor <laughs> in the t- upper corner of the room that wasn't plugged in was not plugged and it in. had not been plugged in for about 10 years because right. they couldn't find an extension cord it was a nightmare i that morning i was scrambling running around the entire building looking for every extension cord every power strip stringing together it literally it was hanging from the wall down to the floor yeah, the across cord, the room the cord the just dangled and so we had all these guests come in we had the governor of texas in there you know rick perry stopped by senators <laughs> stopped by we got this dumb 1985 television in 2001 <laughs> up in the corner of the room with the cord dangling and down it stayed like that for in, a year in market number four and they couldn't figure out how to plug it in. Right. It was the most amazing thing. So anyway, our <laughs> our the guy who ran our our control board was in the next room, and there was a, a window that separated us. And he's watching what happened on TV. And so we all ran in there during the commercials to see what was happening because the first report, uh, I remember this so clearly. The first report was that a Cessna mm-hmm. had apparently hit the World Trade Center, and so we were thinking. Did the pilot have a heart attack or, what? you know, did, did he just have a faulty flight plan or... And you'll recall, it was about a week before that some guy flew and got, what, a parachute or something tangled up in the Statue of Liberty. Remember yeah. that? So we yeah. were all kind of thinking, oh, it's another goofball. So by the time the second tower was hit, uh, that was pretty strong and clear confirmation that we were under attack at that time. And... And it didn't take a, a maybe a half hour or so before we finally found out it was a it was a passenger plane that had hit the first and the second, and then the Pentagon, and then of course uh, the plane that went down in Pennsylvania, and it was just such a horrific day. And uh, all of those memories have kind of now they're trying to apparently keep us from those memories because they have deemed that we can't handle it. Uh, it's it's really a shame, and and on this day we should remember what it is that we we need to stand against and fight against and and continue to try to eliminate, and that's extremist terrorists. Can I just say, you know, as crazy as the world is and has gotten since that line of demarcation, nine eleven oh one. Do you remember, we still were covering a very absurd story in its own right that moment when the news broke. Because what was happening at that moment in Houston, Texas, was 
the the candlelight vigil uh, for um, uh, Andrea Yates, who yeah. killed all of her children. There were people all gathered yeah, she out. She drowned in, her, in the bathtub. Right, and they were all gathered in her honor. Horrific. And and, and so that was our Ugh. big story in Houston that morning uh, when 9-11 happened. Yeah, it was one of the most horrific and grisly stories of all time. And oh, I just it was never-ending, too. Mm-hmm. We just talked about it incessantly because that's what was on people's minds. Uh, just a huge and really horrific story. And then, then we get 9-11, which is obviously... One of the biggest tragedies in our in our, in our nation's history. So um, it, it was quite a day, and one we certainly don't want to forget because we've got to remain we've got to remain vigilant. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the number to call eight 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 nine hundred three three nine three. Is it right, dude? Or yeah, eight 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 nine hundred dude d e w d. I hope someone out there doesn't have that number d u d e. Absolutely no sense whatsoever. Good. Um, good. I, I love the comments of of the Pope, who is a big global warming guy, a climate change guy, and uh, he is saying that we need to listen to the cry of the Earth. Um. <laughs> Wait, where do you go to hear the earth cry? Is that uh, like when doves cry? Is that kind of like the a, same thing? It's a lot like that. Huh. Uh, he called upon world leaders on to listen to the cry of the earth and the cry of the poor who suffer most because of the an unbalanced ecology. Francis and Patriarch uh, Bartholomew I, the head of the Orthodox Christian Church, issued a joint statement to commemorate the annual World, world Day of Prayer for the Care of Creation. How did I miss that this year? That always, that, you know. Sneaks up on you? The World Day of Prayer yeah. for the Care of Creation Day, that always sneaks up on me. And I I hadn't gotten the tree. I haven't done the shopping yet. And then all of a sudden, the World Day of Prayer for the yeah. Care of Creation is on us. And I'm, I've you know, just messed it all up. You could up. set up a reminder in your phone. I, and then I need to do it that. It won't catch you by surprise next year. The Pope designated uh, this month as a precious opportunity to renew our personal participation in this vocation as custodians of creation. You know, and a lot of times, uh, those of us who are somewhat skeptical on man-caused global warming, and I, I don't argue with the fact that the temperature has risen slightly, so what? It has all through time. Um, but we... We have, we, I guess we leave the impression, or they accuse us on the other side of this, of not, not caring about, you know, well, you want dirty air and dirty water. You want poisonous water to kill your children. You want them to be vomiting blood. No, I mean, that's just ludicrous. Can we stop with that nonsense? Of course we should be good stewards of the earth. But what does that mean? That means that we do our best to keep things clean, to clean up after ourselves, to limit the amount of pollution we have, and we don't dump sewage and raw chemicals into rivers so that it flows into the ocean. And we know all those things, and we've cleaned up so much of that, for the love of heaven. In the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, Lake Erie burst into flame on a fairly regular basis. That's the... When everybody turns to, well, it's so pollution, so polluted, the, 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 the rivers and lakes actually caught on fire. Yeah, well, we've we, that doesn't happen anymore because we care because we did clean it up. But do we need to spend hundreds of trillions of dollars? Like Al Gore is now suggesting we spend ninety trillion dollars on this. We can't afford not to because our ethnic waves are killing the planet. 
No, we, it's so stupid. And there's, there's almost nothing in his, in his new movie that's even close to accurate. Uh, they, they, it's like uh, the same old lies and the same old half-truths and the, the same old crying wolf that can we just come to a legitimate reasoning process on this global warming thing? Yes, the temperature has risen 0.9 degrees. Okay, I'll give you that. But even Al Gore has said that sometimes CO2 drives up temperature, but sometimes temperature drives up the CO2. Huh. Well, if that's the case, then you've messed up your whole theory as, as to why the temperature is rising. If it's not CO2 causing it, but the other way around, well, there's nothing we can do about that. And it, it's not human-caused then. It's just a natural occurring thing. The earth has been hotter than this. The earth has been colder than this. And uh, so, but we've got the Pope right in the middle of this, you know, and he wants us to take this as a precious opportunity to re- renew our personal participation. Uh, and it's difficult to argue with the Pope because... You know, 100 million Catholics in, in this nation and a billion worldwide pretty much hang on his every word. And and that's that's great, but it would be nice if he would stay out of these political debates. Wouldn't it It'd just be, I mean... Yeah, but he knows when the special holiday is. You don't, so who are you, man? Well, I know when it is. I just, I haven't paid enough attention to it. You know, I mean, who doesn't know when the world day of prayer for the care of creation is? Yeah, everybody knows that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's Pat Gray. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Radio Network. Welcome to it. Thanks for being here. 888-933-93. Speaking of global warming, Jennifer Lawrence is out promoting her new movie called Mother. And I, I it looks like a horror movie of some sort. It, it looks pretty creepy. Um, but she was just interviewed about the movie and uh, had some fascinating things to say about global warming. And did you feel in a sense, diminished by her? Or did you need to be diminished in a sense? Speaking I think I role. needed to be diminished to make our point. Yeah, um, your point. So whenever I'd have moments of, of like, well, wait a minute, I'd, I'd have to remind myself, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not just doing it. We're making a statement. And they're making this, a statement. So it's okay. important. Right. Mm-hmm. And what do you feel, what was the statement you felt it made about women? Um, well, I think I, I'm playing... Mm-hmm. You know, the assault that happens assault. to my character, it's not really happening to me. It's not mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. to this woman. It's what I represent, and I'm representing Earth. So oh, to Earth. me, when You're we were doing Earth. Okay. this one oh, particular scene with a lot of violence, yeah, it's the Earth. that was portraying the, the Earth Christ that we have afflicted onto our own planet. <laughs> is that her character is is not actually a woman. Her character is earth 
and the violence is not happening to her. It's actually, this is a metaphor for the <laughs> violence that is happening to the earth. Uh, this is just, but it didn't, it didn't stop there. Um, it's also scary to know yeah. it's been proven through oh, science proven. that human activity, uh, that climate change is due to human activity. And that's exactly right, except for not at all. It has not been proven through science that this is due. It is strongly suspected by many. You could say that. You cannot say it has been proven through science because it just hasn't. And we continue to ignore it. And the only mm. voice that we really have is through voting. Yeah. Um, well, so in movies. We don't forget movies. A, and we voted. And it yeah. was really startling. Startling. Um, yeah, you know, you're watching these hurricanes now, and it's really... It's hard, especially while promoting this movie, not to right. not to feel Mother Nature's rage. Not to feel, yeah, right. I mean, she was promoting this m- movie, and she couldn't help but feel Mother Nature's rage. But when she was promoting the movie Passengers, there didn't seem to be Mother Nature's rage. When she was promoting the movie X-Men Apocalypse, or Joy, or The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2, or The Hunger... Games mocking J Part One or Serena or X Men Days of Future Past. It didn't seem to be Mother Nature screaming about uh, hurricanes, or when American Hustle came out, or when she was promoting the original Hunger Games, or was that the maybe that was the second one, Catching Fire, uh, the Double You Know. She was promoting that, and there were no hurricanes. Uh, House at the End of the Street, Silver Linings Playbook, the Hunger Games first one, X Men First Class, The Beaver. Like crazy, Winter's Bone. While she was promoting all of those movies, where were the hurricanes? Where was the cry of the earth then? They were just lying in wait, man. I love how it's only when there's a weather event that fits their agenda. And even then, they used to tell us all the time, and this is they've had to throw this out the window. Uh, you can't con- you can't confuse weather with climate. Uh, how silly are you? Uh, just because there's a weather event doesn't mean the climate. Because we used to say, okay, well, you said it wasn't going to snow. It's snowing and it's really cold. Well, yeah, that's just weather. You can't confuse weather for climate. But now every time there's a hurricane, and that's a weather event, by the way, uh, that's another indication of climate change. I, I just you you can't argue with these people because they have it both ways. All the time, despite the fact that there has been no major hurricane in 12 years, but now all of a sudden there have been, there was one, Harvey, and actually by the time it reached mainland America, there was, uh, this was, this Irma wasn't even a major hurricane. (laughs) But she wasn't done yet. She also spoke about the wage gap. Between she and her male co-stars, which is also a really fun topic. And Jennifer Lawrence, uh, there's nobody better. There's no mind that's more in tune with the problems of the world than Jennifer Lawrence's. So I just want you to soak this in. You know, there was one sort of invasion of your personal information that was quite useful, I'm assuming, when the hack revealed the fact that you were paid less than your male co-stars that's a massive issue for us at the moment why did you decide to speak out about it because you know i'm i'm so fortunate to have my job Mm. you're important my my problem is not is not 
is money. money. I, I wasn't upset that I oh. you know, only got this many millions okay. for a movie. That's ridiculous. Um, that is ridiculous. But it, it, my, um, I agree. I was angry about about angry. the unfairness and the inequality. Unfairness. And, inequality. You know, it's not. It's not just in the movie industry. Of course it's, not. You know, there's a 21 percent pay difference between men and women and yeah except no there's not america and all mm-hmm. fields and almost all, all fields, fields so, almost all fields all um i felt like sure. i had a voice people has a voice look at me and listen to me and okay. to not use look it to not say anything i that's never really sat well with me <laughs> you know what doesn't sit well with me is uh <laughs> all of those lies uh, it doesn't sit well with me at all <laughs> so, it's interesting oh. she her big her big complaint yeah. About the p- wage gap between she and her male uh, co-stars was centered around what she was paid for um, the movie American Hustle, for which Jennifer Lawrence made one and a half million dollars for 19 hours of work. Okay. Now, her co-star, one of them was Bradley Cooper, I think, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I forget who the other one was, um, Jeremy something or other. So her two co-stars... Did in fact make I think two point three million and two point five million for the movie. They did in fact make more, a little bit more than Jennifer did. Jennifer worked nineteen hours. Her co-stars worked forty-three and forty-six hours, respectively. Let's see. Did you do equal work? No. They did more than twice as much, and in some cases, almost three times. The amount of work that she did. She was only a co-star in that movie. She she had a supporting role in that movie. And then she starts whining about these stars who had bigger parts, bigger roles, spent more time on film than she did. And it's somehow unfair Hold on. and unequal. No, what are you talking about? Let's bring her down to, to solidarity with other women around the world. If maybe she, she wants to... Um, uh, stand united with with those women that aren't making, say, the money she's making. Because we got a couple issues here. What she could do is she could just donate. She just take the average pay that women are getting because it's obviously unfair, and just donate that to a charity of her choice to push women's causes. For example, let's make let's 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 look at that avenue. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, and by the way, after all of this is said and done, mm. and there and there was no pay gap inequality because. They did more work than she did. It just stands to reason they're going to get more money. It's just, it's asinine. It's ludicrous that she would make this argument. For the movie Passengers, uh, with her co-star Chris Pratt, she made $20 million. He made $12 million. Whoa, what? She made $8 million more than Chris Pratt made for the same movie, doing the same work, and they were co-stars. So... This whole thing is so ridiculous. I don't understand how interview after interview allows her and others to get away with these just flat out ridiculous lies. That's the only way to, that's, that's the only word for it. They're just flat out lies. 888 Uh Let's go to Tim in Minnesota. Uh, Tim, hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Hey, Pat. Hey. Yeah, I just was reminded, uh, wanted to, you know, express this story that I heard about a year after 9-11, I was in the, um, I was in my uh, sales room with uh, my other sales folks, mm-hmm. 
and we had a, a new guy. He's a Somali. We have quite a few Somali folk in uh, Minneapolis. And uh, we were talking about, everybody's talking about the memories of 9-11, and which were, you know, you know, even in Minnesota were pretty amazing. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, he talked about how at that time he worked in a kitchen, like a big industrial kitchen where, you know, like they make uh, sandwiches for various gas stations and things like that. And he said it was pretty much all Somali. It was all Somali there. Hundreds of Somalis worked there in the kitchen. They had two big screen TVs set up, and they were all cheering at the, uh, oh, you know, they are having a great time. And that was the Twin Towers were going. He down. was in Minnesota at the time, or was he? Right, he was in Minnesota. He was in Minneapolis at the time. Yeah, man. I mean, that does. And, I mean, this is what he told me. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know. Yeah, uh, appreciate the call. Thanks, Tim. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's interesting because Trump got into all kinds of hot water during the campaign when he said that there were thousands of people dancing and cheering in New Jersey, and really there were there were maybe. A few people. I, I remember the story of a couple of people on a rooftop or whatever. It, it. What I think he was referencing was the Middle East because mm-hmm. people were in fact dancing and cheering in the Middle East. They danced, they cheered, they handed out candy in the Gaza Strip. There, I mean, that is absolute documented fact, and you could you could find the videos. I'm sure today on YouTube, but um, where there are you know, huge, huge populations of refugees in this country like somalis who uh maybe don't have the warmest feelings toward the united states i I think it i think it it did in fact happen here too and tim uh is like not the not first hand account but second or third hand account (laughs) of that absolutely (laughs) happening uh and you know there we've done we've done studies they've done uh polls of of Muslims, and it they usually come out with a frightening number of people who think terrorism is okay, and in fact that the United States deserves it when it happens. So that is a thing. I wish it weren't, but it is. Uh, Lewis in North Dakota. Hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Yeah. You know, on the global warming stuff, just follow the money. How much is Gore made off of it? Oh, How my much gosh. Does Hillary and Obama have invested in it? Yes. And I, I don't, I don't know why, Lewis. Nobody follows that line of thinking. Um, nobody, nobody questions Al Gore on. Hey, by the way, uh, you left the White House as vice president with about a million dollars in your bank account. Now you're worth reports of two hundred to five hundred million dollars. Um, huh? You've done pretty well on the global warming thing, haven't you? <laughs> they never ask yeah. him that. It never seems to come up. Appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and he has. He's you know, and his excuse, if anybody does bring it up, is well, of course I invest in the things I believe in. Of course I do. Yeah. Well, they don't accept that that uh, response from Glenn Beck when he talks about gold. Uh, you know, yeah, I I have gold investments, and yes, I talk about them on the radio, but I believe in it. I believe something's going to happen to where we might need gold as a, as a backup. Come on, man. Listen, when Al Gore hears the earth cries, he responds. All right? That's all he's doing. He's celebrating the, uh, what is it again? 
It's the, the uh, World Day of Prayer for the Care of Creation. That Why day. can't you get that straight, that, Keith? Because I'm triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray coming up. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. me on twitter now too Uh, so it is no longer a thing that i'm twitterless pat because you can at me at twitter and you can thumb up me on facebook so Mm -hmm. i'm very excited about both of those things at pat unleashed pat gray was already taken by i don't know a realtor or a clown agency i i don't know or one in the same yeah whatever they you know only realtors can be members of the national association of realty why is that I don't. I don't know. I That's think it's like wrong. I think it's discrimination. And it pisses me mysteries off. Mysteries of life. But do we have any uh, tweets? Yeah, we got some ats coming at you here. Right. Uh, so some tweets. We've got. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Ryan Lane tweets out that uh, listening to the debut episode of Pat Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network, also the iHeartRadio app. Absolutely, there's many ways you could uh, check that out. Also, you know, there's mm-hmm. theblaze.com yes. a- anywhere. Uh, let's see. Oh, earlier we were talking about uh, socialism and capitalism. I love this. This really sums mm-hmm. it up from uh, Andrew of the. Atari. Uh, he says, socialism is a pie. Capitalism is a pie shop. It's a pretty good description of it mm-hmm. uh, and true. And hold on. I got this one here. I, listen to this. This is great. Jeremy Cutler is tweeting you mm-hmm. and he says, hoping that Pat Unleashed screams slash sings his own theme song <laughs> slash guitar. And I'm pushing for that. I actually, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you? Um, I'd get a little obnoxious i think after a while no no did you have your phone anywhere within the same zip code as your person over the weekend because uh, i actually uh, actually texted you about about that very thing yeah i know i think i saw it oh you do i think i saw it oh i I, I see about every 10th email from you a a general acknowledgement might be helpful for nobody can respond as many times as you email no one it's humanly impossible it'd be a text see i'm the blue on this screen Mm -hmm. hats the gray so let's see here. Oh, that's helpful. Pat Gray, see how that works? Get it. Blue. See, there's one, two, mm-hmm. three, four, five, six, seven, eight texts over the course of five who, who days. Who texts people eight times in Over five days. five days, right. It's just inhuman. Just hoping that it's just inhuman. Pat will throw me a bone and just like an acknowledgement, like an okay. Why would I do a, that? Why like, would I do because that? Because then maybe we could get the show, you know, everything in line. Are everything we online? Going here. Are we in line? But, but here's, Are we on the air? Yes. Here's one of my, here's one of my texts, okay? No. Um, Shut uh, up. Bring your guitar tomorrow. Yeah, I, I saw that. You never know. That's uh, what I said. I saw. I'm not going to do that yet. But did you uh, bring mean, your guitar? No, I did not. Well, could no. have been a, could have been a great uh, um, uh, organic theme song. We could have just just know this. When I yeah. don't respond to you, yeah. it, it either means yes or it might mean no. Just understand that, okay? And that's all you need to know. How am I going to know which is which? <laughs> Let's go to John uh, somewhere in Texas. Hey, John, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. How are you, sir? Doing good. Um, I, what I was calling for, I was wondering if you had ever read the Michael Crichton book, State of Fear. You know, I've never, I've never read it. I'm pretty familiar with it, though. That's where he debunks a lot of global warming nonsense, isn't it? Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a book of fiction, but it's based on fact. He's got about, he has uh, many graphs. He's got footnotes, two appendages in 20 pages of bibli- bibliography where he supports 
what he's saying in the book. Yeah, Michael Crichton was really the bane uh, of existence to the global warming goofballs because here's a guy who's really well known. He's a Hollywood type. He's a huge author, and they couldn't stand the fact that he was not on board with the prevailing politically correct nonsense. So they well, hated him for used, it. Yeah, he used to be. He used to be in support yes. yeah. of the global warming and stuff until he started getting in into to researching it. And uh, he knew that he would get this uh, backlash from the powers to be. Yeah. And that's why he put so much detail in the research for the book so they couldn't come back and say well this is just bs yeah i need to i need to read that appreciate the reminder thanks john um you're very welcome michael Crichton had something called um an open mind that's what it was that's what it was so when he looked into it and found out it was nonsense uh he he went that direction let's go to taylor in indiana uh taylor hi you're on with pat Uh, hey um i know it's probably not going to happen on the glenn show but I'm thinking we need to bring back more on trivia on Fridays. Oh, they I like that. Like the, uh, <laughs> the highlight of my week. So. <laughs> it's a good idea. Uh, we will look into that and see if, uh, see if it's possible. Appreciate it. Thanks, Taylor. 888 It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, oh, that's right. We're not done yet. <laughs> are you trying to get still, out of doing work no right? i'm still i'm still you? just learning this and usually oh. with pat and Stu, yeah we would have taken a break here uh, let me but tell you what, what helps happen stuff like that is when you when you reply to texts you know like i think i think i actually put in yeah in well text, when you send like, me a text just know that the answer is either yes okay or, or no so how am i gonna know so was... you know you you figure it out from there what are you a woman <laughs> <laughs> come on man work with me here it is amazing though that uh on this on this day, 16 years after uh, 9-11, I, I'm watching these networks on, on the monitors. I, okay, now, and just as I'm saying that, finally CNN uh, goes, to, mm. goes to a remembering 9-11 uh, story. I guess they're reading the names again, which, yeah. I, will that be forever? Is that just, we will always do that? Uh, like in, in 2050, are we going to read the names of 9-11? That'll be interesting to see. Because we've been pretty diligent about that, at least. We don't show the images anymore. And I think CNN's policy is that they can't, right? Haven't they banned? Really? It was, it was either, I think it was CNN and maybe Fox News as well. Because when we were at Fox, they told us, no, you can't use the footage anymore. They've kind of locked away the footage and they don't want anybody to see it for whatever reason. Uh, so, and then on the other side of the equation, MSNBC... You know, say what you will about them, and we do. I can't stand the network. But the one thing they do is a retrospective of 9-11, and they actually show the footage, which is kind of strange. I think I think I heard Stu say earlier they stopped doing that this year. Oh, they did? I think this was the first year they went without. <laughs> so, and so the one good thing you can say about MSNBC so has now been removed. All of your compliments. From MSNBC. Gone. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Going to Houston this weekend, um, either this weekend or next weekend, uh, to help out and if you'd like to do that there's all kinds of places where you can get involved but make sure that you you know set something up before so that and and you, what they also say is bring your own food and water because they can't feed you and they, they can't get you water um i think there are places to sleep there's like uh high schools that have been designated 
where people can go and use the gymnasium or whatever and and you can sleep there but bring tools bring all the things that you need because there's not a lot of babysitting going on once you get there they just can't do it they don't have the wherewithal and the problem is just still so big that they can't they can't take that on Uh, and it's kind of interesting because uh i was just reading the other day about the poor neighborhoods in houston that are the poor poorest neighborhoods are always hardest hit by these storms and i guess the storms that come into texas are racist every one of them totally and they you know they say uh okay we're gonna avoid all of the wealthy neighborhoods we're not going into any upper class neighborhood we're going to go into the third ward we're going to go into places where uh uh, people are struggling, and we're going to make them struggle even more. Somehow, that decision is made by these storms well, well, as they're approaching Houston because sure. it's really strange. Well, there's going to be this Hurricane Lee. I mean, think of Robert E. Lee. Just wait till you see which ghettos that hurricane heads to. Yep, hurricane and it affects Lee. only black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and it, the day of the storm, they showed the maybe it was a day after, but they showed all of the flooding going on in the neighborhood called River Oaks in houston it is one of the wealthiest zip codes in the nation and they had all kinds of flooding in the neighborhoods of river oaks now they in this story they say that all of the wealthy areas are protected uh with bayous and and uh extra uh drainage and all of that stuff but and i'm sure because of tax base and tax dollars that go to that you know maybe they do have that but the rich neighborhoods flooded just like the poor neighborhoods did in houston texas it was a storm that was colorblind Mm. but man they are making everything they possibly can about race and about discrimination right now it's just really frustrating yeah triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three pat gray unleashed Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Thanks for being here. The number is uh, 888-900-3393. I'm Pat Gray. How do you think... uh, See, we haven't talked about this in a while, especially if you're a Donald Trump uh, supporter and you've you've kind of been on board for a while. I'd like to know your thoughts on how he's doing so far. Have you changed your opinion at all? Is have has it strengthened your position on him at all? Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I was really, I was not crazy about the DACA thing. Now. It looked kind of like, as I discussed last week on the radio show, it looked kind of like he was, you know, doing what most conservatives would probably consider uh, the right thing. He ended the program, gradually phasing it out over the next few months, and so these uh, the Dreamers would not would not be safe from deportation anymore. Now, the left went crazy on that. They called the decision cruel. I think they got together and uh, held hands and chanted and, and then came up with a single word that everyone would use, and that word was cruel. 
It's cruel what he has done. It's cruel for Donald Trump to end the DACA program. O'Biden said it. Obama said it. Biden said it. Bill Clinton, Mark Zuckerberg, everybody was tweeting out the same thing, all whining about how cruel it was that Trump rescinded DACA. So cruel that they might have to have some anxiety again because what DACA does is it eliminates the threat of deportation. So all of these all of these people could rest easy. They were not going to be deported by policy against the law. It's unconstitutional what DACA is. And even Dianne Feinstein, one of the biggest leftists in the country, who's been in the Senate for a thousand years, even she said it's on shaky legal ground. It's not on shaky legal ground. It's like it's it's been sucked into the earth by an 8.1 magnitude earthquake. That's how shaky it is. It's it's illegal. It's unconstitutional. And by the way, controlling the language like this, I, we, we allow this to happen every time. And one of the biggest examples is people who are in favor of abortion aren't in favor of, they're not pro-abortion. They're pro-choice, right. which, which makes it so much easier. Well, these people who have, been, uh, who, who have been protected by the DACA program, they're not illegal aliens or even undocumented immigrants. They're dreamers. They just they're people with a dream. They're just young people who who dream of a more perfect union. They they dream of a more wonderful America. It, it's 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 like they're magical creatures, you know, like they're <laughs> unicorns or and these dreamers apparently they can't have any anxiety at all. They can't have the anxiety that they may be deported at some point. Why? I have a buttload of anxiety in my life. And nobody tries to take that anxiety away from me. So citizens of the United States, you can be as anxious and fearful and uh, stressed out as you please. We don't care about that. But the dreamers, we can't, we can't allow them to have any stress in their lives. But we should be clear about what Trump's actual goal here is. Because... Uh, he just tweeted out last week after he ended the program, supposedly, that Congress now has six months to legalize DACA, something the Obama administration was unable to do. If they can't, I will revisit the issue. So he's saying he wants Congress to legalize, to grant amnesty to all of these illegal aliens. Um, and if they don't, he will take some sort of action. I don't know, through... Executive order or what? Um, so wait, 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 wait. What's he doing here? What is he using the Constitution? You can't do that anymore. No, you can't That's, do that. No. That is so old school. Well, man. he's what? he's not going to use the Constitution if he issues some sort of executive order. Right, but first things first, he wants Congress to do something? Yeah, but what he wants Congress to do mm-hmm. is not what I want Congress to do. No. I don't want amnesty. We've been fighting against amnesty I'm for... Ready. For a quarter of a century now, and they still, and now the president is on board, and he made no such campaign promise that he was going to grant amnesty to the dreamers, to the unicorns in our society. In fact, he he said the opposite. He said, if you're here illegally, you're going to have to go. Get out. And these numbskull Democrats, all they're talking about is how cruel he is when he's actually on their side. 
He's telling Congress to pass a law that grants them amnesty or he'll do it somehow, which is unconstitutional and which he cannot do. And DACA itself was unconstitutional. He should have ended the program. I I don't know why these things can't be explained to the American people any better, but nobody seems to defend uh, these conservative positions and the right way to do things. So he wants to make amnesty permanent, permanent for them. He wants Congress to take action and do that. Uh, The media keeps claiming that Trump has made a mockery of the promise to immigrants on the Statue of Liberty. Uh, How many times have you heard that? That the Statue of Liberty guarantees, send us your poor, send us your tired. The Statue of Liberty, well, the Statue of Liberty says, look, I I love the Statue of Liberty as much as the next guy, but the Statue of Liberty is not law, and it's not the United States Constitution. We don't follow the poem on the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, 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 we do that. It's a poem. Yeah, we do that, and we do the uh, separation of church and state letter Jefferson wrote. Yeah, it's we do act like uh, those are the charters of our nation. They're not. I mean, a poem is nice. The statue on the poem, I like it a lot. It's a nice poem. But it's still a poem. Poems are not law. Poems are not policy. Poems are nice words that usually rhyme. That's what a poem is. Plus, the other thing, where do we get the Statue of Liberty? France. Good point. We're supposed to follow the French on this? No. No, thank you. We. So, are you okay with this uh, new Trump policy? I mean... Maybe you've been taken in by the fact that he said, well, I'm ending the DACA program. Right. But on the other hand, and he does this kind of stuff all the time. On the other hand, he's telling Congress, hey, make them legal. Hey, grant them amnesty. Uh, 888-900-3393. Let's go to Cody on Ohio. Cody, hi. You're on the blaze. Uh, Pretty good. Yeah, I just want to know, when did our elected uh, officials stop caring about the citizens of the United States and and start caring about I hate to use this word, but foreigners. I mean, I, I don't really know what happened with them and uh, the relationship with the working man out here, but uh, it kind of blows my mind away how far they've taken it, and they pretty much said, screw you, American citizen. Well, yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and also, I just want to tell you guys that I've been uh, listening to you guys since day one. Thank you. So Appreciate that. And I you know, really appreciate what you guys do and everything else, and there's a lot of us truck drivers who listen to you guys too so keep up the good work thanks a lot cody appreciate it and he's been listening since day one which is uh, today be, so yeah. he's been listening for an hour well you got to round up though it's <laughs> only been i know what you're saying though thank you cody that's nice um as far as foreigners I, i'm not opposed to foreigners i i am opposed to people coming here from foreign lands illegally and i'm so tired of hearing that america was built on immigrants <laughs> It was built on legal immigrants. Hold on. And it was built in a time when there weren't 325 million people here. Uh, there, it, it was built at a time when we needed people to come and, and help us build this nation. The nation's pretty well built now. Um, and we still need good minds and we still need people who love America and we still need people who are innovative and we still need people who want to breathe free all of those things still exist, but we just want it done legally. And I really wish, you know, you talk about control the language and control society. Had we started with, we are not, we are for legal immigration in the first place, this would be a much better, we would have won this discussion a long time ago. But instead, we kind of went the negative route on we don't want illegal immigration. We don't want people to live here illegally. 
if we were to turn that around, hmm. made it a positive, we're all for legal immigration, this would have been so much better. And, and I really believe we would have won this uh, 20 years ago. It's just unfortunate that we didn't. I mean, we, you live and learn, I guess. And it's, it's too late now. Um, but it's really aggravating that we have this battle and uh, the president ran on one point of view and told us he was going to do one thing. And now it seems to me, at least, mm. he's doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. However, there is hope for the dreamers, for the unicorns, because Cher has offered her home oh. as a sanctuary for the dreamers. Cher says she's already uh, she's ready to provide. She hasn't done it yet, but she's ready to provide sanctuary after the announcement of the decision to end deferred action for childhood arrivals or DACA um, that had protected about 800,000 young immigrants who came to the United States as children. She tweeted that she will protect the young dreamers and let them stay at her home. (laughs) Now she doesn't give directions. She doesn't give the address, but she's ready to house the dreamers. She wrote that people who uh, can should take the dreamers into their homes and protect them. She added she was ready to do so herself. Uh, Those who can must take a dreamer into their home and protect them, she wrote. I'm ready to do this and pray others will. And she used the emoticon for pray, by the way. Oh, that's very, very hip and very, very cool. Thank you. I found her address. Uh, I'm ready to do this and and pray others in my business will do the same. Sanctuary. (laughs) I mean, I love, I want all 800,000 dreamers to show up at Cher's house for sanctuary. On the Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu, California, (laughs) where I'm looking at the address right now. You, you, you want me to tell you? Uh, it's, it's available. I don't, so so yeah. just, just head to the Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah, you'll find it. You'll find it. And it's take a left. In Malibu. Head to the, head mm-hmm. to the PCH and uh, take a left, and there's Cher's house. Plenty of room. 13,000 square foot home with seven oh, bedrooms, 13, nine bathrooms, a theater, a gym, sits on a 1.7 acre Malibu bluff with a tennis court, an infinity pool. What's that? And a guest house. Oh, that's plenty of room for 800,000 dreamers. Let's do this. 800,000 people can live in 13,000 square feet. Quick math. That's a lot of room. <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right, we'll see how many how many Hollywood celebrities jump all over that and start giving their addresses out on Twitter so that the dreamers can show up and be taken care of and and be provided uh, sanctuary. That'd be great. Uh, Tanya in Ohio, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi, Pat. Good luck Hi. with your new show. Thank you. And I'm from Iowa, not Ohio. <laughs> Did I say Ohio? Okay. I thought you did. I, yeah, but I'm a, I'm in Iowa. All right. Iowa. But with the DACA, I can understand what you're saying, but um, don't you think the United States has to have some sort of accountability for dropping the ball yes. and allowing these illegal immigrants to come in and then their children are reaping the, you know, the, uh, the consequences, which everyone deals with consequences in their life. Yep. But do you think that it would be feasible to you know, show some uh, sympathy and just so some charity and allowing the dreamers to stay, the ones that are productive and are contributing to society. And from here on out, maybe, uh, you know, be a little more strict with our immigration policies. You know, do we need to take on some sort of responsibility for dropping the ball as opposed to just kicking all the dreamers out or, you know, 
yeah, should we it's be a, held accountable it's a, for it's, our... It's a really good question, Tanya. It really is. Um, because we have for so many years looked the other way and just said, all y'all, y'all come free. And they have. And so now, but that's 800,000 more people um, who are now legal, who are now citizens, who are, are going to change the uh, the voting habits in certain areas. That's 800,000 mm-hmm. people that we're, again, responsible for. And then what do you do about their parents? You probably have to legalize them, too, because then they'll start screaming, well, you can't separate these families. Um, perhaps, so perhaps, but you, we have to deal with our poor choices and move on from there. Yeah, but I mean, I do not remove the personal responsibility from the other side of this equation either. So, I mean, they mm-hmm. do bear some. They, it's, I, I, it is a, it's a difficult situation, but we yeah. have to deal with the first things first, and that's securing the border. That should be step number one. Right. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, right. Tanya. Um, step number one, secure the border. Step number two, Hang on. enforce the laws we already down. have. And then step number three is you deport those you find, especially those who have committed felonies, especially those who have been violent. Um, and then self-deportation will begin. It has happened wherever, whatever community has actually taken those steps, it's worked every single time. Every single time. Uh, Mark, in Oklahoma, you're on the blaze. Yeah, Hi. Pat. Hey. hey, I think what they ought to do on this is the citizens or the, the parents cannot get any kind of, of you know, legalization. They can't become legal citizens. They can have a legal status, but they can't collect any kind of benefits from the government. They can't uh, they can't vote in any of the elections. OK, Their children cannot have they can have a legal status, but they are from the time that they, re- they came across the border. They have to go behind the people that are doing it legally from that time. They have to go to the back of the line. And until then, all they have is a legal status, but they cannot vote. They can't collect any kind of benefit. And then when it gets to the point that they have reached, you know, to where they can go ahead and apply for citizenship, then once they apply for that, once they've reached that part of it, then they can go ahead and vote and they can collect uh, benefits if they're worthy of it, as long as they've worked, you know, steadily in the past. Uh, that's totally reasonable. Uh, that's completely reasonable, Mark. The problem is that Congress and the president, who, whoever it is, has never, uh, they've never insisted on those steps. They, they just, every time this comes up, it's like, okay, let's just give them blanket amnesty and let's move on. Let's just worry well, about yeah, this. That's, that's a simple way of getting by with it because yep. nobody wants to take responsibility for that's it. right. And it's getting to the point, it's getting to the point that everybody up there in Washington is scared to do anything because, you know, they don't want to look like the big bad guy in the news. Yep. And who cares? You know, it's, it's one of those things that they're supposed to be up there for us, not the illegal. And I don't have, I'm like you, I don't have anything against them wanting to immigrate here. No. But you come across the border legally. Yes. If you want to do it illegally, that's like you come in my house illegally, watch what happens. Well, yeah, that's it's the way it has to be, good. right? That Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Mark. If it's important for you in your home, how much more important is it to a nation with so much at stake? Our, our very sovereignty is at stake here. 888 It's Pat Gray Unleashed on The Blaze. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network.
returns on the Blaze Radio Network. That was one weird thing. Doc was talking about it this morning. Uh, There were people who were planning to shoot at the hurricane when it came in. Yeah? So? What are we, extremist Sunni Muslims? We're firing our guns in the air? Uh, (laughs) Celebrating a weather event? No. And it's just asinine. Why would you do that? No, no, no. Those bullets go somewhere. Right. And they're going to come back at you because there's a swirling wind. I, I... did you read that? Did you the yeah, yeah, the I hurricane circles them around and and shoots them back at you? Okay, but but we have been <laughs> conditioned. I mean, taught to know that we can affect weather. We have absolute control of the By weather by shooting it. So whatever, wow. man made whatever. Have we really gotten that stupid? Have we really gotten to that point? Do you want the answer, honey? No, I don't. Okay. No, that was rhetorical. Uh, okay, so uh, I got some tweets though. People need to know that you're at Pat Unleashed. Okay. Yes, at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. All right. Go ahead. So we got what some What are the here? tweets? Well, Zach uh, Jezik is very perceptive. He has a feeling that uh, Pat Unleashed is just going to be a three-hour facial cream infomercial every day. That is true. I'm, I'm leaving so, this job for the facial cream. That is shocking. Soon. Shocking yeah. news. Yeah. Um, let's see. Heather Abolitionist is tweeting that, please don't forget that it's the fifth anniversary of Benghazi today. I mean, that oh, gets wow. lost. My Five gosh. years since Benghazi. Terrible. Wow. By the way, yeah. one of the, one of the best movies I've ever seen is Thirteen Hours, which you know details yeah. what happened that night. It's that is a powerful movie. Highly recommend it. Um, I can't believe it. it's been five years now, Time flies. and still, still nobody, nobody paid for that. Nobody was brought to justice. Nobody, nobody had any consequences over the horrible decisions not to save those people when we could have. Terrible, just unbelievable. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Blake in Missouri. Blake, hi. You're on the blaze. Oh, hey Pat, how's it going? Really appreciate the new show. Thank you. Yeah, and just real quick though, uh, will the Pat Gray Show now inherit the ever so sacred Douche Hall of Fame? <laughs> that remains to be seen. We'll have to we'll have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I really I really appreciate the points you and the especially the last caller made before the break about this whole. Uh, DACA thing, and I would say for me, I'm not, I mean, there are some things to appreciate, I guess, about the Trump presidency so far, the way that he, uh, like his appointment of Gorsuch on the Supreme Court. Yeah, obviously, yeah. But, so far. But the, the thing with DACA, though, and with a couple other things as well, it, to me, it's just, it, it's more of the same, and it's, it's, it's allowing for more excuse-making from uh, those that just, they just don't really care anymore what the facts are, you know? Mm-hmm. And the the ironic thing about this whole thing that I just thought of was, had Jeb Bush or Marco Rubio won the presidency, in my view, more than likely, they would be doing the same thing on DACA. Yeah. And what Trump would most likely be doing, in my opinion, would be trashing them on Twitter as weak and typical politicians. <laughs> yeah. Yet he's doing the very <laughs> yes. same thing. <laughs> That's exactly what would be happening. Oh, were you... Were you a Trump supporter from the beginning, or no? No, I was. I was a Ted Cruz supporter as soon as he okay. uh, ran, and yeah. I, uh, I voted third party in the general election. So, oh, you did. Okay, yeah. so you didn't support yeah. him necessarily to begin with. No, yeah. but I, I was like you though, and, and many others. I wanted to give him a chance. Yeah. But when he started caving on health care and going after the House Freedom Caucus, when he started, you know, sending, I guess, wanting to send more troops back to Afghanistan, 
And now this whole thing with DACA and the debt ceiling, it's like... Yeah, the deal with the Democrats on the debt ceiling. We We haven't even talked about that on this show yet. The deal with the Democrats on the debt ceiling was just... That's just unbelievable to me. Although, with Trump, I believe it. Because that's what he does. Yeah, and going so far as to uh, suggest that maybe we shouldn't even have a debt limit. Maybe we should just keep raising the debt ceiling. (laughs) That, that's just outrageous to me. Uh, it is. <sighs> Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Blake. Uh, Dan in Louisiana. Hi, you're on the blaze. Uh, thank you, Pat. Uh, good to see you have your own show now. Thank you. Uh, I was just going to say that, you know, we've had immigration laws in our country for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And all of our ancestors went through the right way to become citizens of this great country. Mm-hmm. What? What and when has this stopped? I mean, just following our immigration laws, would if we just kept following, we wouldn't have all this problem. Do you agree? Or, I, mean, I do agree. I do agree. Yes, because in the past, appreciate the call. Thanks, Dan. In the past, we, we, had, uh, we had the ability to ask people, hey, what are you going to bring for us? What do you bring to our nation? How do you strengthen us? How do you add to the fabric of this country? Like, that's unreasonable now. We can't ask that anymore. We can't say, hey, by the way, we'd like to know who you are. We'd like to know what you're going to be doing here and what you bring to the table. Any nation on earth asks those questions because every nation on earth wants to protect themselves. And they want to make themselves better. And they want to be strengthened by the people who come into it instead of weakened. For some reason, somewhere along the line, as Dan said, we got away from that. And apparently it's, it's not good anymore. We can't, we can't do that now. Uh, Maurice in Texas. Hi, you're on the blaze. Yeah. Uh, on that uh, immigration and DACA, I don't like it when they're coming over here and giving a free handout like they always do. And I think Trump is saying to the Republicans, you ain't going to work with me on this. I'm going to go behind your back and deal with the Democrats. But, and I got another question. Why is we as a nation getting jumped on with taking our borders when other countries is forcing their borders laws? Mm-hmm. Including Mexico. I uh, appreciate yeah. the call, Maurice. Thanks. Mexico is one of the strongest on their border. Mexico is one of the strongest, has some of the strongest immigration <laughs> laws in the world. And, and yet they turn around and demand that we just take whoever they want, whoever they want to send us, uh, whoever wants to come. It's just fine. And it, it's, it's really an amazing situation because we're the only nation on earth that is expected not to protect its borders. That's expected to just accept whoever comes in. It's like you just leave your house open in the middle of the night. You open up the door, you go to bed, you leave the lights on and just people come on in. Yes, come on in. You don't even know who they are. You don't know why they're there. You don't know what they're bringing to your house. They just come in and start living there, eating your food. Uh, maybe they are educated at, at your schools. Uh, they're sleeping in your beds. Right. They're laying on your couch, using using uh, using all your resources, watching your TV. I, I I don't understand it. You wouldn't you wouldn't accept that in your own home. Cher's going to open up her doors. Don't forget. Right, let to 800,000 people. So let them play tennis on her. Go door. to the Pacific Coast Highway, turn mm-hmm. left, and... Uh, you sure it's a left? And it's a left, yeah. Huh? And then, uh, yeah, because Cher's very much on the left. <laughs> and so uh, you'll see her there. She'll she'll be waving you in with, and welcoming you with open arms. That's sweet. It's really nice. Well, who will she be inviting in? 
Could it be some... She's inviting everybody in. All the all it's the not, dreamers. All the unicorns can come. It's not not gypsies. 800,000 people. And tramps and thieves. Well, we don't know who these people are. She doesn't care. It's, they just have sanctuary at Cher's house. Mm-hmm. So, hurry in. She's uh, warming up the steaks right now. And she's got vegetarian meals for those of you who of are course. vegetarians. Of course. 888 Pat Gray, Unleashed. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Mercury One, Hurricane Harvey and Irma Relief. Go to mercuryone.org. Focused on immediate rescue, humanitarian aid uh, with Irma, while still focusing on the recovery and rebuilding efforts in Texas, which have been estimated to maybe take another eight years. Eight years. And you know that's probably true because of what happened in Katrina. I mean, years after that, years after Hurricane uh, Katrina hit. The, uh, New Orleans still wasn't the same. That you still drive by rubble. Some of it not even removed yet. I, I, and I can't help but think that's probably going to be the case to a certain extent in Houston. It is. It's been impacted more than any other major city I can think of. I, I don't know a, a city of that size to be impacted that much. Um, you know, I guess. Miami in in, uh, 92 with Hurricane Andrew might be the closest, but I'm not sure that even that was quite as devastating. And and I'll say, uh, what a great letter they they were reading earlier. Um, New Orleans wrote to the people of Houston, um, thanking them for helping them through Katrina and how they're going to be a good neighbor now for them. See, that's America. It's not the looting. It's not the pictures that you see. Of, of the people breaking into stores as a hurricane hits. It's 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 those kind of connections between uh, individuals like in Houston and New Orleans. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Let's go to Rick in Virginia. Rick, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. Great show. Love it. Keep it up. Thank you. Hey, listen, I've always been curious about something. The INS or the Justice Department or somebody, why have they never walked into a sanctuary city's council meeting and go, okay, you guys are taking them in, right? Okay, all of you are under arrest for multiple counts of harboring a fugitive. Well, that would be insensitive, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a nice guy. That, well, you are a, you're, almost, you're, a, you're a terrible person. And just know <laughs> that uh, going forward, and uh, you'll be better off. Uh, I don't know. You, you know, we're, it's such a sham because we don't enforce our laws, laws anymore. So it would really be hard to do that, I would think, now because we've allowed this to go and gestate for so long that it, it just is part of our it's, – it's just the way we function now. We just allow when it and my, look the when, other way. When my grandfather came over from Yugoslavia in 1905, he had to have a sponsor. His uncle was his sponsor to make sure he, he had a job, a place to stay. It's almost like you know. a 12-step program. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it was good because we expected certain things, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with expecting certain things of the people who come here. They're getting a lot out of the deal. We should get something as well. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Rick. At least we should know who's coming. 
who you are, what you do, what you're going to do, what are your plans. It's just reasonable. Uh, Julie in Illinois. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hi, Pat. Hey. Um, love your new show. Thank you. Um, and I know you're going to end up being unleashed, which is going to be great. Um, and I will miss you and Sue on there, you and Pat in the Stu show. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to say is about the debt ceiling raised by Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. They went on in on Facebook. What they're saying is that Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan didn't want to make deals, so they dipping into one swamp and getting into the other swamp. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Mitch McConnell and and Paul Ryan did not want to make deals with the Democrats because they knew there wouldn't be good deals. They'd have to compromise way too much. I. I it's, but I, I really don't see the difference between two two parties anymore. Yeah, there's not much. There really I was isn't. a Ted Cruz supporter, but I don't even support him anymore. I don't trust him. He seems mm. to follow Trump a little bit too closely. Um, and mm. I just see all over Facebook that they're blaming Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, mm-hmm. and they're and it's like. First, it was all hashtag drain the swamp, hashtag drain the swamp. <laughs> now he just dipped into one swamp and he just went into another swamp. He's not, he's going to let these illegal immigrants stay. Yes. I, you know what I think we're going to end up with is comprehensive immigration reform that Bush was trying to get through. I saw my lovely Senator Dick Durbin <laughs> on television and he was at, which I didn't even know, he was at the... Uh, Loyola, Illinois University, I guess, which put the first DACA school program into place where he spoke to three students. And he said, we have a president who will sign it now. We need to get immigration reform through. And I believe that's what they'll do. And so all these people that were so mad at me because I kept telling them he's not going to do it. And they were just, and I was supporting Ted Cruz at that time. And I'm thinking, look at his past. He was for infanticide. He was for illegal immigration. He was what his, I'm going to use Ted, Ted Cruz's words, New York values, yep. because that's, he, that's what he is. He's a progressive. He's a liberal. And, and it's not going to change. And I just want to see the responses are when this legal immigration goes through because of his daughter and son-in-law also. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Julie. Uh, sadly, a lot of that is true. He's, I mean, I, I don't know a time until the campaign when Donald Trump was conservative on immigration. He, he just wasn't. Uh, he wasn't conservative on very many things. And, and I think he, he would even admit he's not really, he's not a conservative. His supporters admit he's not a conservative. So I, I, the passion for him and we talked about this during the campaign is a little baffling to me. I, I don't, I don't know from whence it came from conservatives and from pastors and ministers that are widely respected by their flocks, uh, just embraced him wholeheartedly as if he were God's messenger on earth. It, it was one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. And now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. Now we're seeing that now he's really not committed to cracking down on illegal immigration. Nah, he's really not even mentioning the wall. Whether Mexico pays for it or we do. Nah, he's not really talking about enforcing U.S. law. 
is not really for dumping Obamacare and replacing it with some something conservative. He fix Obamacare, just fix it and put my name on it. It'll be fine. Yeah, would I like to do some kind of tax reform? Sure, but let's work with the Democrats on that so we can come up with something that everybody likes. I mean, it's a nightmare. Nick in Texas, you're on the blaze. Hi. Can we go to Nick? Yes, sir. I'm right here. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Doing good. Uh, I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, Donald Trump likes to talk about how he loves Andrew Jackson and Andrew Jackson is his favorite president, but his presidency seems to be coming the same way Andrew Jackson's was. Just the fact that Andrew Jackson brought a new form of democracy, as the left likes to say. And uh, the whole Eaton affair, or the petticoat incident, mm-hmm. where most of his office or cabinet was disbanded because of this petticoat affair. And it just it's very similar, you know, the way Jackson got rid of the Indians, you know, the Native Americans and right. whatnot. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, sorry, it, I'm a bit nervous here. Yeah, it's, you're among friends. Oh, that's good to hear. That's sweet. But, that you know, when it comes to Henry Clay and John C. Calhoun, mm-hmm. they both wanted opposite things. And it's it's it kind of reminds me of Rance Priebus and... Uh, Steve Bannon, they both were, you know, in his cabinet and fought against each other the whole time. And now, well, they're both gone, but still, I mean, it's it's very similar. And this whole DACA thing, I know the left likes to think that he's trying to kick everybody out, but mm-hmm. that's, that's not really the facts. He's kind of playing both sides here, just like Andrew Jackson did with a bank of a... You know the BUS or whatever the the Bank of the United States of America, right? And we've got nationalists, you know the the Nazis, I guess you can call them, mm-hmm. wanting a centralized government and centralized bank. And I mean, I've I've been doing a lot of research. Forgive me for being so nervous, but uh, there's there's so many similarities with what Trump has has done and what the left is saying Trump's doing, but also he's playing both sides. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, left versus right. It's Trump's playing both sides. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Almost. It's almost identical to the John C. Calhoun, Henry Clay argument and Trump losing. I mean, everybody in his office, it's. We were just talking about the uh, John P. Calhoun and Clay uh, incident just a few right. minutes ago, as well as Petticoat well, yeah, Junction. Well, Petticoat. Remember Wait, Petticoat no, Junction? No, 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 the affair. A, oh, Petticoat Steve Affair. Bannon, yeah. okay. Okay. Steve Bannon bringing up, you know, John C. Calhoun and, right. mm-hmm. and Polk. I mean, yep. right? in a way, and Polk. Can, or not, not Calhoun, but Clay. But in a way, it's, yeah, that's what they're modeling it after. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. John C. Calhoun and Clay yeah. had a difference, but Clay was for tariffs. 
You know, Polk, I mean, does anybody even remember Polk? Very few. Very I few, mean, <laughs> but he was he was a terrible president. I'll tell you that. I remember he's not a good president. Appreciate it. Thanks James a lot. James K. Polk Tuesdays. I remember yes, those. And, and the only reason we did that was because nobody knows who James K. Polk is, and it was funny to us. And uh-huh. so we got a jingle that said, James K. Polk Tuesdays. And that's why we did James. Not that he was a good guy, not that he was a good president, because he wasn't. But it's it's fascinating that these guys are na- are are naturally drawn to people like that. Yeah. It's it's fascinating to Iron me. Fist. Uh, Jeff in Iowa. Hi, you're on the Pat Gray uh, Unleashed program. There it is. How you doing, Pat? Good to see you. You too. Although I'm not hey, seeing Pat, you right now. Did Ronald Reagan do the same thing way back in '86? <laughs> he did. He did. And how how well did that work? Well, that was good. Uh, I'm right. trying to he think. He caused the bill of defense way back then, didn't he? Uh, yes. Uh, and he he granted amnesty to two million illegal aliens. And, and now we're going to get amnesty to uh, the eight hundred thousand that Trump is talking about the babies, and that's just a start. Want, I mean, that's just bringing the families place. and everything else yes. with them, right? Yes, he does. Yep. So it's going to be a nightmare. I mean, it's going to be eight yeah. hundred thousand dreamers. Appreciate the call, thanks, Jeff. It's going to be eight hundred thousand dreamers. Um, these wonderful people who just dream of a better future for all of us, I guess. And then it will go to their parents. Then it will go to their relatives. Then it will just, it'll go to everybody. They're going to pass, I think, they'll eventually wind up passing comprehensive immigration reform, which we've been fighting against for about 20 years right now. And they're just going to grant amnesty to everybody. And then that makes the problem worse, as we saw with Ronald Reagan in 1986. Reagan granted amnesty to 2 million illegals, and the problem became 10 times worse. It didn't happen overnight. But uh, here we are. And what Reagan said then was, well, it's not amnesty because they're going to have to pay a fine. Um, it'll have to be $2,000 per person. And, and so there's going to be a penalty. Nobody ever paid the fine. They, they just were, they were granted amnesty, and, and that was it. They just became citizens. There were no fines paid. We're not going to do that. And, and when they say, well, they're going to have to pay a penalty. There's going to be a fine. They've got to go to the back of the line. None of that ever happens. None of it ever happens. And we all know it. Uh, Orville in Missouri. Hi, you're on the blaze. Yeah, uh, Pat is Orville, and I've been a minister since 1976. I've studied God's Word completely. Uh-huh. And I've uh, I've wanted to settle this thing with the weather completely, if I can. Okay. You know, Paul and Silas said this. He said to the the officials that put them in jail, they said, should we listen to man or should we listen to God? Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, man can't tell us everything, but God's word can tell us what it is. And in Genesis 8 and 22, if you have your Bible, turn to it. It says this, mm-hmm. while the earth remains, okay. seed time and harvest, Cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Nice. Now, do we listen to God's word, or do we listen to man? Well, we listen to God's word, preferably. Exactly. Now, another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, these storms rolling in. Yep. Jesus, Jesus said, when you see the oceans begin to roll, Uh-oh. and the, storm, the storms begin to roll, yeah. he said, look up. Look up. Because I'm at the door. Okay. Have you looked up today? And it, you you better believe it. And I and I really believe that we're going to see the Lord before too long. 
Well, and hold it, on. It, he, he said, if we get down on our knees and pray and seek his face, mm-hmm. then when we hear from heaven, he will forgive our sins and he will heal our lands. And these lands need a healing today very much so. That's for so sure. it's up to the people and it's up to us to seek God's face mm-hmm. that we might be healed in this land. Hold on a second. Orville? It's very nice. Orville, you, Orville. Orville, I'm sorry. I'm going to need to pin you down. Uh, you said Jesus is coming back before too long. Can can I get a timetable on that, please? What do you mean? I want to know. Like like when how, is it going to happen? Yeah, give, us a, give us an ETA. A month? A year? I'm not doing No, I cannot do that. I'm not going right, to Nobody do that. knows the time, right, Orville? All right. He, that, that's right. Before Nobody or after the, the Falcons the win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, that's definitely before. Yeah, that's right. But he did, he did say this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except, except in, you knew what you write. He said that you don't know the hour or the time when exactly I will right. come. Thank you, Orville. Appreciate it. Wait a minute. It's our spiritual call of the day. But Orville just said before too long. So he's got an idea. He's just not sharing it with the rest of us. I don't care for that. Well, I mean, a little coy there. You can kind of draw that conclusion. If you're looking for signs and we're told to in the scriptures, Uh go ahead and look for signs. All right. Uh, We've got the hurricanes. We've got massive flooding. We've got fire. We've got earthquakes. Uh, There is some signs. And you could, but I mean, we've had these, had these before. I remember in the 70s, there was, there was, one tragedy after another. There was there was one storm after another. Jimmy Carter's a tragedy. Mississippi was flooding. The you know uh, all these the Bangladesh. Remember the concert for Bangladesh that George Harrison did? They were hit every week with a new mm. catastrophic incident. So, I mean, I I don't know. Uh, is this the time? I don't know, but it certainly could be. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray coming up. Pat Gray only. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi there. Pat Gray, 888 It's our number. We've been talking about uh, your thoughts of Donald Trump so far. Whether you're a supporter or you weren't a supporter, how's he doing so far? I, I just want to take the temperature of especially his supporters, but, you know, everybody else as well. Um, he's done some really good things. Uh, the, Neil Gorsuch was a great appointment to the Supreme Court, at least so far. Now, that could change. We've seen that before. For some reason, conservatives change to liberals in the Supreme Court, but liberals never change to conservatives in the Supreme Court. I don't, I don't know why that's a phenomenon, but it is. Yeah, I know. Uh, so we'll see about uh. Neil Gorsuch. That remains, you know, history will tell, but so far, so good there. Uh, he got us out of the Paris Agreement, which I love. And of course, everybody beats him over the head for. So there have been a couple of things you can point to, but there's been a lot, like this DACA thing. I mean, he's he's telling Congress to pass an amnesty bill. I, I don't want them to. That's not what you said you were going to do. There's almost no talk of a wall. There's almost no, no talk of securing the border anymore, which is what we need desperately, and that has to be the first step. First of all, if you got a leak in the house, stop the leak, and then you can clean up the mess afterwards. Let's go to Gordon in Arizona. Gordon, hi, you're on with Pat Gray. Leakages. Yeah, 
Yeah. My question is, uh, do the people that are illegal in the United States have to go back to Mexico to re-enter to get in the line to become citizens? Uh, well, we, um, they certainly don't with this uh, DACA situation. We, we don't know yet because they haven't passed a bill if it would include something like that. Um, I know that that's been discussed in the past, but there's... Well, the reason I ask is because I have a friend that has a Japanese wife that come to the United States and become a citizen. The only reason he got her in in three years is because he was in the service, but the time, time limit was five years, and they had to go and get their citizenship and do all the things that we mm-hmm. want them to do. But I just wondered if, if that is uh, our own law is holding up the, you know, the procedure. Yeah. Well, we don't really have a procedure right now, except just <laughs> let everybody come in and do what yeah. they want. Uh, appreciate it. We got it. the leak down here, too, you know. Yeah. In Arizona. Oh, I know. I know you yeah. do. Thanks a lot, Gordon. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Chuck in Ohio. Hi, Chuck. You're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Uh, hey, Pat. Uh, one thing that I don't seem to hear anyone talking about is that in the old days, when you came to this country legally, you had to assimilate. Mm-hmm. You had to learn the language. You had to learn our ways. Right. That's not a thing yeah, anymore. It, it, it wasn't expected no. of us to learn theirs. Right. Right. Uh, now, now that's not a thing. <laughs> Assimilation. Well, I, mean, I just think of my brother. He lived in uh, Clearwater, Florida, uh-huh. and he wanted to transfer to Miami. Yeah. But he couldn't because he didn't speak Spanish. He had to he had to speak Spanish before he could move to Miami? Before he could transfer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What company was that? And, uh, Wags. It was a restaurant. Okay. Wow, that's that's really something. And it, I mean that's yeah. it just goes to accentuate the problem here, doesn't it? We we don't ask. Well, right. I mean, you have to learn a foreign language to work in your own country. It's silly. We we and we don't ask anything of them. It's it's somehow hateful to ask them if they could. Hey, could you you mind learning the language? You shouldn't because it's really going to help you. So how about we have some kind of program where you learn the language? But no, no, that's that's too well, insensitive. Right. I mean, that's like you go into any government office. And they have a list of all these different languages they have translators for. Yeah. Well, if you're going to that government office, you should already learn English if you're a citizen. Yes. Yeah. Appreciate the call. Thanks a lot, Chuck. Uh, let's go to Lorraine uh, in Indi- Indiana. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm calling about the DACA program. And I believe that the um, Republicans are doing this, trying to get through <laughs> immigration piecemeal. Yes. Like, right now, they're going to do the DACAs. Then they're going to choose some other reason to push more illegals through, like uh, 65 and older. We can't upset them, so we're going to let them and their families stay mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. And then they'll choose another reason, <coughs> excuse me, to get through even more. Well, yeah, we, they get them all in. Yeah, we can't we can't separate families, Lorraine. We can absolutely we, not. We can separate American families if somebody breaks the law and you're a citizen. Why then it's not a problem to separate an American family, but anybody who's here illegally, we can't for some reason separate that family. <laughs> but I truly believe that uh, we have a one party system, and my thing is 
the Republicans are proving <laughs> that they're actually in cahoots, I think, with the Democrats. They have a coup Feels going right now. And yeah. uh, I think that they're trying to undermine the people yep. of the country who mm-hmm. actually voted for Donald Trump. Thanks a lot, Lorraine. Appreciate it. Triple triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 9-11-17, we're 16 years removed from that fateful Tuesday morning uh, where those planes slammed into the Trade Center Towers and then an hour and a half or so later, we watched in horror as they both collapsed completely. remember thinking how many people were in those buildings. And it turns out less than we feared, that's for sure, but still more than we would have liked. Um, 3,000 Americans lost their lives. Uh, and uh, so we commemorate that day again today. And they, again, this morning, did the reading of the names um, on the networks. And so that, that continues. But we don't, we don't show the horror of it anymore. I, I guess we've got to shield our children from it rather than show them what, what it is we have to fight against and guard against. 888 Also, it looks like I mean, we seems to have Florida seems to have dodged a bullet, and I know there's areas of flooding, and it it's it's pretty bad in the Florida Keys. Uh, Miami got skimmed past, but there's some flooding there. Uh, Tampa had a Category One hit them, which is so much better than it could have been. Um, so kind of dodged a bullet, and I I know when you're affected by it, it doesn't feel like it. Um, but we were we were fortunate because Irma was. At one point, the most powerful hurricane ever recorded in the Atlantic and didn't turn out to hit anybody head on in that fashion. So uh, that was a huge blessing. Meanwhile, the cleanup in Houston continues. And this is something really, really touching Um, from the people of New Orleans who went through Katrina and lost, was it 1,600 people in that uh, catastrophe? They've written to their friends in uh, Houston, and they write, and I'm not sure who in New Orleans wrote this, but it says this is from the city of New Orleans. To our friends in Texas, 12 years ago, you took in hundreds of thousands of us. You opened your homes, closets, and kitchens. You found schools for our kids and jobs to tide us over. Some of us are still there. And when the rest of the world told us not to rebuild, you told us not to listen. Keep our city and traditions alive. Now, no two two storms are the same. Comparing rising waters is a waste of energy when you need it most. But know this. In our dark darkest hour, we found peace and a scorching bright light of hope with our friends in Texas. And we hope you'll find the same in us. Our doors are open. Our clothes come into every size. There's hot food on the stove. And our cabinets are well stocked. We promise to always share what we have. Soon, home will feel like home again. 
even if it seems like a lifetime away. We'll be battling for football recruits under the Friday night lights. You'll tell us to stop trying to barbecue. We'll tell you to lay off our crawfish boil and come have the real thing. But for as long as you need, we're here to help. The way of life you love most will carry on. You taught us that. Your courage and care continues to inspire our whole city. We couldn't be more proud to call you our neighbors, our friends, and our family. Texas forever. We'll, we're with you. Signed, New Orleans. That's awesome. That is that is really great. That is killer. That's that, America. That is America. Uh, wow. Really nice. Really, really, really touching. 888 um, we're trying to get uh, some steel girders in here to reinforce the couch that uh, Jeffy's about to sit on. Oh, well, well. Uh, because he's he's going to come in for the for did a Jeffy segment. Did you get segment. a permit for that? Uh, we're working to on have it. him on we're the side it. of the Shh, building. Don't say anything to the city officials. Because um, <laughs> come in is... here. Do you do you have something? It's, well, this is going to be like the pat- plan this stuff out. Like the patent stew days. Uh, I can find something. You want him on the couch, right? I mean, is that enforced? Well, I, wherever there's a microphone, there's no microphone. You want him on in a chair? Right I mean, he's got to have direction here. Come on now, hi Jeff. He just broke the microphone, Jeffy. Uh, so entering the studio, uh, Jeff Fisher. It's not a wireless. Lovingly mic. known as Jeffy, and he's. We 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 worked really hard to reinforce the couch that he just sat on, and uh, whoa whoa, don't jump on it. Let's get yeah. you on the internet there. All right, so, can we uh, turn on this microphone? Jeffy's got a couple of uh, it's a process. Pat, come on, man. Items what for do us. You think this is all right. Now he needs his glasses. What else I do you need? Do you need grapes? What else do you need over there? I need you to be sitting in the other room. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is what I need. Done. See ya. So you broke a sweat just sitting down. Yeah, That's I don't great. want to be in here with you. That's great. He's sweating is, gravy right now. This room is the fires yeah. of. It's really not. Why is it so it's really warm not, in this room? Here's the problem. You walked all the way from the door to the couch and you're spent. And and now... <laughs> Actually, I just came back from a longer walk. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Okay, from your office Where? to the door? Yeah, we want to know. Where's was the that path? the longer walk? No, I was in a hurry, yeah. All right, what do you got for us? What, well, first... What's going on? What's first, up? a small Oregon city is asking the state for advice on how to handle a flock of wild turkeys that are ruining gardens and leaving droppings just about everywhere. Okay. I mean, the city councilor has complained that he has 15 birds frequenting his tree on his property. Resident Mary Ann told the city council meeting Tuesday she's counted 68 birds in her yard. Wow. That's, that's a lot quite of, a bit of turkey. It's a lot of birds. That is. Now, the city is going to ask the state what they should do. Okay. Um, I find it difficult to believe that we are actually, and no, I don't find it difficult to believe. Let me rephrase that. Uh, it's a sad state of affairs when a local municipality can't handle has turkeys. An, I don't know an, an influx of turkeys mm-hmm. and can't decide. Geez, should we just shoot them and let them and bury them or eat them? We're going to go to the state. We're going to go to the state. We're going to decide. Let them decide. I mean, what we're going could to they do. not shoot them, pluck them, and freeze them, and wait till Thanksgiving, and then, I don't know, eat them? Isn't that 
I, that's what I'd do if I had 68 turkeys in my in my yard. Maybe we maybe we shoot them, pluck them, give them to some homeless people in Portland. I think we're I think we're not far from Portland right? in the small town. Yeah, um, I think maybe uh, my first idea was to maybe uh, get them together and train them, and then you know just kind of have a turkey circus uh, and invite people to the city, and there'd be a reason you know to create some tourism. Mm-hmm. The the small town turkey circus. Except turkeys are some of the dumbest birds on the planet. So That's what they say. Them. That's what they say, and they look stupid. And yeah, you can't. I've them. heard that turkeys can actually drown in a rainstorm. Right. Because they yeah, keep they looking look up. up and they can't. Wow, that's, 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 that's Jeffy level right there. What's this line? They dust bathe in the soil? What do you mean? They dust bathe in the soil. Yeah. That's, that's, oh boy, Plus they are they're stupid. Loud. Plus they're loud. I mean, I, one neighborhood I used to live in in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, had uh, guinea hens which are even bigger than turkeys sometimes. I mean, but they are loud and noisy and obnoxious little birds. Uh, and it, so are geese. You ever been around geese much? They're nasty loud. Mean. 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 Yeah. And mockingbirds and blue jays and birds just suck in general, I think. <laughs> Can we just all agree on that? No, but really. I've got a solution for them. Yeah. Shoot them Shoot and eat them. Yeah. Pluck well, them. I mean, I don't really know why that's that tough. You skipped over deal. pluck them. Really not that tough. Pluck them. Is there anything else? What else you got? You shoot them, I, Jeffy. Don't look at me like that. You pluck them, then you eat them. I was just helping Pat because he skipped right over step number two. It's a very important step. Uh, you know what else, too? I wanted to... I, you probably... I've been listening to the show. So, sounds mm-hmm. great. First time caller. Uh, long time uh, listener. Long time listener. Yeah. Uh, you sound great. It's really really good to have you on the air. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's were, good. You, were you telling were you my phone screen, screen or anything? anything? It's good to hear. I yeah. was telling your phone screener today that <laughs> I really wanted to... I uh, hope he was going to talk some sports. Huh? Okay. Because, uh, you know, thank God, the NFL started. Oh, my gosh. Is that great? Lifesaver. Uh, your Packers won. My Packers your won. Packers won. They played really well. Stu's <laughs> Eagles won. The Cowboys won. I mean, everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, did your nasty old Falcons win yesterday? <laughs> Technically, they won. Okay. Yes. Ugh, it was not good. But then it's also college football season, which is great. Mm. I, I don't know if you know I don't that. think the college season has started yet. I don't know if you know that it's aware of that. <laughs> no, it hasn't started. It has. I'm waiting for the college season to I start. Bet you are. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you, you know are. what? This has, been, this has been the most atrocious beginning to a, to a BYU Ooh. football season I can remember in my lifetime. Hey, I've never seen them play worse. Look. Than they Good. did last weekend mm. against LSU, and then again for the first half of the right. Utah game. And here it is. Okay, we've lost six in a row to Utah. Six in a row. I th- I would have bet everything I had, including my home, on the fact that BYU would beat Utah this year because they have the talent, they have they have some experience, and then some speed, and then they've you know. I was excited that the new quarterback was going to be the guy who played year before last as a freshman and was great, tore up the the whole college football scene. (laughs) Now, for some reason, he can't find an open guy to save his life. He can't. I don't know what happened to him. It's he's got happy feet in 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 the pocket. He's he can't throw the ball anymore. It's like (laughs) what happened to you, Tanner? What happened? I thought they were. I, they could have take, they should have just taken him out. They how that's old, how old I was, is he? Now? I was rooting for because they said going into the game there's going to be some changes on offense. I didn't see any, so I'm thinking maybe they're going to try somebody else, which they should be because you can't yeah. get any worse than he was last week. You can't get any worse than that. I could have played that well. Whoa. I could have thrown for a hundred yards. Go. For 93 yards against LSU. I think they broke that this week, didn't they? They did. He threw for 170 yards. Yeah. Woo! 
All right, yeah. But we lost again, 1913. Uh, We've got Wisconsin on Saturday. Wisconsin, ranked 10th in the country. They were crushing, too. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so bad. I mean, this is the the worst season I'm going to ever endure, I think. It feels like it. I mean, if they don't come out of it, because uh, against LSU at one point, it felt like they were down 70 to nothing, and it was only 14 to nothing. Yeah. And this yeah, yeah. past week against Utah, it, I looked at the they were still in the game. And I, did, I thought, they I still mean, got they a had, shot at this. They had 100 opportunities to win that game. As bad as they played, they still could have beaten those stinking Utes, and they didn't. Yeah. Mm. Out of at my mind. home. Out of my mind. At out of my mind. So home. I'm still waiting for the college football season to start. Right. So I don't even know what it is you're talking about. Here. What are you? <laughs> yeah. Sounds you know, like you guys were watching the Nebraska game, actually, where, where they trailed 42-14 to 14 at halftime, pulled within 42-35. to 35. I thought they were going to uh, avenge the Falcons' Super Bowl loss. No, uh, they, they lost 42-35. So, uh, they were down 42-14. Yeah, rallied back there and had the wow. ball with two minutes left and just uh, threw an interception. So uh, we're... Who'd they play? They played at Oregon, yes. But you know what I found interesting was uh, in the NFL... Uh, Zeke Elliott being able to play hmm. and it looks like he's going to continue to be able to play. It sure does. And yeah. the, the NFL and is going all out on the fact that uh, they seem to be trying to stop trying it. Trying to stop it. But, but it's now they're happening. going well they're going back. They're back to court. They're going to go back to court and if that's the case it looks like that that'll be the that'll take the season. So he'll just continue to play. Yep. And then so any suspension if it happens if would it, happen next year. Yeah. It's looking like yep. And unless the NFL you know well, from what I understand, okay, the the thing is with Zeke Elliott here in Dallas uh, on the Cowboys is one one of the issues was that he pulled up a woman's shirt at some kind of party and exposed I mean, her breasts. Who hasn't done that? Now she looked like she enjoyed it. She it seemed like she wasn't fighting that. She she was going right. along for the ride. I mean, it was like you know everybody's drunk and it was just one of those. You're days. at a party. Who hasn't so, done? Who among us? So that, who among but us? But that's not the issue. Apparently, I haven't done that, uh, Jeffy, but thank you for the question. Um, but apparently, the real issue was some sort of domestic abuse yes. where he supposedly yes. laid hands on his girlfriend. Now, I believe she says it didn't happen. He says it didn't happen. The Cowboys say it didn't happen. So if it didn't happen, he shouldn't he shouldn't miss any games. Right. Did it happen or not? I think, I, what's the evidence they have? I think, I think the NFL actually has some other evidence. I don't know what that is. Mm. But that's what I that's what I read mm. that they have some other. You can evidence. wait. You can read. <laughs> that's what my daughter reads to me. I see, oh, okay. I see what you okay. did there. Okay, yeah. That's what my, yeah, yeah. She reads to me. Right. I, I okay. call it. That's what I read. Yeah, your ten year old daughter. It's, it's reads embarrassing. To you and I don't like to mention. Yeah, you don't like I to. Can't, yeah. right. I appreciate right. you bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always happy to help, <sighs> Jeffy. You know that about me. You know that about me. Help her. Uh, all right. Good to see you. Triple eight. <laughs> It's triple eight nine hundred thirty. I almost gave the you almost full did number. it, almost but I've been it. pretty proud of myself for not saying triple eight seven two seven back because that's not the it's number. No, it's it's dude. It's D E W D. Yes, uh, I made them print our number, and there it is, right there on the right, wall, right there, which is very helpful. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray coming up. Pat Gray unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. back 
And this time, he's pissed off. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Actually, I'm not that not that angry today. Uh, maybe I should be, uh, but I'm I'm curious about uh, your thoughts on how the president is handling the illegal immigration. Really, the issue that got him elected. It's the issue that everybody loved about him because everybody was sick and tired of how immigration was being handled and. And he sort of talked tough on it, and uh, everybody gravitated toward that, including and especially Ann Coulter. Then all of a sudden, he's in the White House and doing nothing about it. In fact, he's actually siding with Democrats on certain things and telling people he wants uh, an amnesty bill crafted. Wow. So people like Ann Coulter are uh, regretting their incredibly weird devotion to him now. Uh, Are you? If, if you were devoted in the first place, um, or maybe you weren't, but I'd like to hear from you and get your thoughts on how you think he's doing so far, because actually I like certain things he's done. Obviously, Neil Gorsuch was a great pick for the Supreme Court. At least it looks that way now. Uh, I love the fact that he got us out of the Paris Accord. He's done some good things, but there's a lot of stuff like working with the Democrats on the debt ceiling, which, wow, is that baffling. I don't know where you're going with that. And and now you've just set that precedent and you've made it difficult now for the Republicans on every issue because the Democrats are going to d- demand that, well, the president worked with us and reached across the aisle on the debt ceiling. Now, why won't you do that on this issue? Why won't you do that on tax reform? Why won't you help, let us help and fix Obamacare? And all that's going to happen now. So uh, your thoughts. 888 thirty Let's go to David in Florida. Uh, David, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good. First of all, how are you doing? Are, what part of Florida are you in? I'm in the Panhandle up here. Uh, we we skated pretty good. The storm moved away. We didn't get what we were supposed to get. Oh, so good. we're doing all right. Yeah, good. So what did you uh, what did you have in mind? Well, I heard you guys talking about the DACA and and, and the stuff and and the immigration stuff, and uh, I was working out of Clearwater, building the Radisson Conference Center and Resort, uh, 60-story building uh, right there on Clearwater, the first the first key off the beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was in uh, late 80s. And as soon as we had built the thing, all, all the form carpenters, all the guys pouring concrete, all the pile drivers and everything, you know, it was a crew of about probably 14 by the time we brought it up to grade level for the groundwork, finished the groundwork off. As soon as we did, they laid off, we were making $7.750 an hour. They laid off half of the guys and brought in a Mexican crew for four fifty an hour. And then uh week or two after that, they laid off three or four more guys of the original crew, the guys that started the building, mm-hmm. and then brought in another half dozen. And we talked to the one guy, uh, one of the the leader of the Mexican crew, and, and we asked him, well, you know, you guys are citizens and everything. And he, yeah, and, and he showed me five valid driver's license from five different states. Now, mm-hmm. the company was named Dowcan. Dow, I guess it was brief, short for Dallas Canadian because uh, they sent down a foreman. Once they got the the 14 Mexican crew on there, they sent down a Canadian foreman. Mm-hmm. Uh, little French accent, French name. With a, eh. Probably more detail than we need, but <laughs> but eventually what happened then? Yeah. 
Well, it's just it's just that there was no real reason to lay the other guys off. They had worked. They uh-huh. started the building. We had worked for months getting it together, and and there was to me there was no legitimate reason for them laying off half of that crew that started the building. Yeah, except yeah, these guys would work for less, right? They would work for less money. Yeah, they work yeah. for four fifty an hour. Yeah. Yeah, and therein lies part of the problem, right? Uh, companies want to pay less f- to their employees, and they want more profit. Uh, and that's a that's a that's a tough issue to get around. Appreciate the call, thanks, David. Uh, but that's why when I hear the statement, and I hear it all the time, well, Americans—they're doing the job no Americans will do. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're doing the job that Americans won't do for what you're willing to pay them. Because yeah, Americans want to make a decent, honest wage, and what companies are able to pay illegal aliens in this country is usually not that. It's it's often very much below what a decent wage is. And that's why uh they they it is it is those companies that are taking advantage of them that are really contributing to this problem. It is the the Democrats who encourage all of this kind of stuff that are taking advantage of the problem because they believe that the illegal aliens are going to vote for Democrats because the Democrats pretend as though they care about illegal aliens when they don't. All they want is them to vote for Democrats. That's what they want. That's why they continue to support illegal aliens coming into this country by the thousands, by the hundreds of thousands, and by the millions. So when you hear, well, they're doing the job that no American will do, call that BS and say, no, they're doing the job that Americans won't do because the pay won't keep the american alive i mean it's just it's it's ludicrous how we've allowed this discussion to get so far away from us uh let's go to ron in germany hmm. hey ron you're on the blaze hi nice hey how you doing good, doing good where in germany are you eh, schweinfurt okay what are you doing in germany Eh, well, I was in the Army here for 18 and a half years, and then I retired and decided to stay here. Did you now? Oh, okay. So you like it there? Eh, well, mm-hmm. let's put it this way. Uh, right. It's a, an established socialist country, so I figured I'm doing better <laughs> off here than uh, one that's trying All to right. be famous. I like the way this guy thinks. <laughs> All right, so what's on your mind? No, I just wanted to clear things up to give a reality check for all those liberals out there that say, hey, let's just welcome everybody in. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how the great Bernie Sanders European Union over here works. Okay. I had to take, I had to prove that I had financial support for myself here, that I can live here without sucking up the government. And then I had to take a language test written Oral and speaking. You've got to be kidding. Germany asked you to do certain things? Germany asked you to do certain things before they allowed you to live there? What kind of hateful, discriminatory country is Germany? What are they, Nazis? Thank you. What are they, Nazis? Again, what are they, Nazis? <laughs> Why? <laughs> did you uh, did you weep and did you gnash your teeth and did you uh, tell them how hateful they were, Ron, when they asked you these questions? Uh, no, you know what? I pretty much did what I had to do. Okay. <laughs> what a concept! <laughs> what a concept! Okay, 
And so it's a, it's been all right. You've had to learn German. Is that right? Uh, yeah, well, the way it's German, so it wasn't hard. I pretty much knew it anyways. Okay. And you had to bring something to the table for Germany? Yeah. I had to prove that I wouldn't suck off of the social system <laughs> and I can support myself. How about that? Wow. <laughs> So they didn't want to have to feed you from the from the government uh, teeth, so as it were. Health care coverage. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's. I, I appreciate the call. Thank you, Ron. Um, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is everywhere else, but not in America. And we're the and and it's countries like Germany that will say, "Hey, how come you guys are so hateful to the illegal aliens pouring across your southern border?" Are you kidding me? With with laws like you have, you're gonna you're gonna call us hateful. Mexico is the same thing. In fact, Mexico's worse because they'll they'll tell us how hateful uh, we are while they have armed guards on their southern border with Guatemala trying to keep illegals out. Uh, just uh, Joel, hi, you're in uh, Joel in Washington. You're on the Blaze. Hi. Hey, how you doing? I'm I kind of I'm definitely mixed about the uh, outcome of uh, Trump. I didn't vote for him because I you know, couldn't quite uh, stomach what he was going to be doing to the political system during the elections. I mean, if you think about, hey, we won with Trump doing what he did here. Imagine what the Democrats are going to do next round. It's just going to be ugly. And I can't support this kind of uh, political environment, even if I like the policies. So um, that being the case, one thing I do support is his deal on the wall, but he's messaging it completely wrong. You know, we keep going, it's it's a law, it's a law, we got to protect, got to protect. You know, I agree that's the case, but mm-hmm. no, you know, bleeding heart Democrat is going to, you know, get behind that messaging. But, you know, and I know Glenn's pushed this these books on you guys, and I feel so bad that you have to read <laughs> as many as he does, you know, as he puts in front of you. But, uh-huh. you know, about the messaging, you know, um, yeah. I can't I can't remember what the book was. but uh, you know, Friction, for one. Yeah, there's been a bunch. There was one, but the one about, you know, changing the messaging for the political, right. or the, uh, sorry, the liberals so that they could adopt our messaging yeah uh, or our, our policies but not your so that they can get behind it you know the whole concept of these democrats are like hey this keep the and so they can come in well guess what they're supporting they're supporting the coyote yeah the blaze radio network sorry hang on joel we'll be right back to you Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Just kind of a report card on uh, the president. How do you think he's doing? We were talking to Joel in Washington. Uh, okay, Joel, what was it you were saying uh, about the situation, the illegal immigration? For it, you're against it. How's he doing? Uh, the immigration thing with the wall. I think they just been messaging it wrong. They need to make it a humanitarian. Uh, crisis yeah. and focus on that. Hey, yeah. you guys are uh, supporting these 
coyotes who are raping our quote-unquote dreamers before they get here. Yep. And so, and they're endangering their lives, and they're making it impossible or, like, impossible for them to start on the right foot. And I hope there's some congressional leaders listening today because I think, you know, Pat, you're such an influential guy. I, you oh, know, yeah. There's got to be some of these guys out there listening, <laughs> they're, so yeah. I'm hoping they're listening. If the politicians to, are listening, they're taking everything I say right to the bank, <laughs> right to the bank directly. I, I, they should be, and if they yes. do, they'll be right back in their seats. Well, we'll fix the country um, yeah. if they listen. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. <laughs> no, if we can message it that way, keep saying, right. hey, you're not for the wall. Why are you endangering these immigrants' lives? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you supporting the endangerment of their lives? Um, and on top of that, we need to be spending less money on, I mean, like, if we do that, then we're going to be spending less money on ICE and more money on creating an immigration process for Mexican people so that we can bring them in in a way that's healthy, meets our employment demands, and just creates more opportunity for them so that they can bring more money in that they're not having to pay to these stupid coyotes, um, you know, mm-hmm. so that they can actually support themselves. So there's so many other, like, if he could just take it, like, if our team our conservative team could just take that message and run with it i think they we could nail the democrats up against the wall and turn this get funding for the wall in no time flat and then on top and then we'll deal with the people who are here um but honestly i'm just sick and tired of listening to the two sides with their dogmatic principles that are just getting us nowhere so yeah yeah yeah, appreciate the call thanks joel And, and it's a great point had we attack, have we attacked this problem properly in the first place by saying we are for legal immigration and and from the humanitarian humanitarian angle that uh, he was talking about, we we would have won this discussion a long time ago because if instead of saying English is our language and everybody should learn it, we should have attacked it from the standpoint of of the people who come here illegally if they learn the language they're going to have a much better chance at prospering in this country. Make it about them. Make it about them. Uh, and, and you win. We, you could, we could have possibly, we could have at least had a chance at winning some of the liberals over. Fighting chance. But, you know, instead, we were against illegal a- aliens, and uh, we were hateful, and we were discriminatory, and we were racist, and it didn't, it didn't matter that I, I feel equally about the Irish coming here illegally as I do the Mexicans coming here illegally. That doesn't matter. That's not part of it. You're a racist. You're a hater. Ah, shut up. All right. 888-933-93. Let's go to Roger in Pennsylvania. Hey, Roger. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Congratulations on the new show. Thank you. Hey, uh, two things I was uh, calling to, to talk about. One thing you mentioned about where people say, you know, jobs that Americans won't do. Mm-hmm. If someone's here illegally and they're earning below the minimum wage, that means that they're doing jobs that it's illegal for Americans to do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and and the other thing, too, just a little historical perspective on what illegal immigration has done to minimum wage. Back when I was still in the Army, back in... Uh, Oh, gosh. I was stationed up at Fort Devens, Massachusetts back in 1988. Holy cow. Were they fighting wars with swords back then? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, we, uh, you know, shield tie, you know, that whole thing Buck always talked about. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, but the thing is, 
uh, what wound up happening was, uh, you know, we were shopping and uh, we stopped at a McDonald's. And that was, this was at the tail end of the Massachusetts miracle, supposedly. And uh, they just couldn't find people to work. And so in a Wendy's that was right next to us, remember, remember this is 1988. Yeah. They were offering nine bucks an hour for people to come work there. Wow. And they were willing to throw in uh, a, a partial rebate for child care. That's amazing. Simply, simply because... 30 years ago. That, yeah, and, that, and that's because the uh, the labor pool wasn't flooded. They were actually seeking to get housewives to come out and uh, and do the work. Yeah. But now, because we're so flooded, we've got we've got a glut of people who can't get above minimum wage. You've used uh, such a hateful word, uh, housewives, that I can't even talk to you anymore, Roger. What do you it's, mean? What's uh, wrong with that word, man? They are they are not housewives. What they are, are they? homemakers. They are homemakers. And uh, huh. I'm so offended that I uh, I can't even talk to you uh, any longer, Roger. But thank you for the call. Um, Roger? Uh, so, I mean, that's amazing. Nine bucks an hour. Huh. What a difference 29 <laughs> years makes. Yeah. Because uh, the the pool, like he said, has been so flooded with people who will work for almost for free that uh, those jobs have dried up and the pay has been driven down. And instead of nine bucks an hour at a place like Wendy's, which at the time, thirty, you know, 29 years ago, yeah. nine bucks an hour would have been more like 18 bucks an hour. That's a lot of money at Wendy's. <laughs> I mean, that's for an unskilled job. I That's... That's incredible, but that's that's what what's happened. Uh, as a result, we've driven down the wages, and we've chased Americans out of the workforce. So that jobs that Americans used to do and used to be totally willing to do, you know, lawn care, for instance, try to find a, an American citizen uh, who is white doing lawn care. <laughs> Does it exist? I don't think so. Anybody who cuts your lawn, certainly in Texas in the Southwest, if if your lawn is being cut by a company, it's it it's it's a Hispanic group of people, and they might be legal, they might be, but they might not too. Right. I I don't know. You can't ask. You can't ask. Right. It's against the law to ask. Oh boy, that's hate. And then and then if you're in a high profile position, like you're a politician or. You're a radio talk show host who who rails about illegal immigration. Somebody finds out that there's illegals cutting your lawn, then they'll persecute you for it. Oh, that's the worst thing of all time. What a hypocrite. He says we shouldn't have illegal immigration, but he's employing illegal immigrants. Yeah, I can't ask. It's against the law to ask. Okay? So that's on you, people. That's uh, that's on you politicians. I didn't do that. You did. (laughs) I mean, so... But... I had a very, I have a very good friend who, when he uh, first got into the workforce, he was, you know, I think he went on a a church mission, came back, and he started a lawn care lawn care company, and he made decent money mowing lawns. Well, you can't you can't do that anymore because there's already a million people doing it, paying guys two bucks an hour or whatever they're paying him, and. Uh, they don't pay anything to their employees, but they're making pretty decent money, $400 a month from everybody who who has them cut their lawn. 
Uh, and so somebody's making a lot of money, but it's not the guys who are cutting your lawn. But the the result of that is, yeah, Americans have been totally pushed out of that. They, you don't do that anymore. So then the, then people say, well, nobody, they're not willing to do that. They're not willing to do construction. Well, you don't know that. They've all been chased out of those industries, out of lawn care, out of construction, out of virtually every labor, manual labor job that there is. They've just been pushed out of that industry. So I don't know if they'll do it. They might. Will they do it for five bucks an hour? Probably not. Will they do it for $7 an hour? I don't know. Maybe. But I bet they'll do it for 12 bucks an hour. I bet they'll do it for 15 bucks an hour. If it's a hard job and it's it's tough to get people to do it, then isn't it worth more money to do? So if you're going to make decent money doing hard labor, people will do that. It's just that we don't know anymore because we don't even try because they've all been chased out of that industry. So you'll never know. Also, I wanted to talk about this particular story for about three weeks. Uh-oh, this means it's been brewing in your head for it's a been while. been brewing in my head. Oh, hell, here we go. <laughs> uh, Danielle Super, which is a, gosh, that's a super name, isn't that it? That is neat. Danielle Super, I mean super and Michael Davis are suing the Department of Education, claiming their son, Leo, was subjected to a hostile environment at his school due to the ambiguity of his gender expression. Sure. Don't act surprised. I know. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Sure. I'm very upset about this. Um I'm up in arms over it. How could you possibly have ambiguity about his gender expression? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means. Right. I was hoping you would say it because I don't know. Uh, the following information is from a report in the New York, New York Times. Uh-oh. Leo entered kindergarten last year at Public School 107 in Brooklyn, New York. And that's the great thing about New York. They're so creative. Mm-hmm. They don't have like uh, William James Elementary School. It's like. Public school 95. (laughs) (laughs) They can't even name them. They just number them. His parents say he's gravitated toward things associated with girls since he was a baby, such as the color pink, dolls, and dresses. That's sweet. He's being embraced, right? His parents don't consider him transgender, however. They describe him as gender expansive. Oh, I like that word. Hey, let's start mixing that in. Gender expansive. Expansive. expansive he's just expanding his gender he's okay. not he's not a girl but right. he's not just a boy either keeping his options open and i they, mean he i don't know I and they say up. that he has been able to live peacefully that way until he started public school and all these hateful little kids all around him they don't seem to understand his gender expansive normandy here oh those brats in 107 know. they don't know that he's gravitated toward the color pink dolls and dresses why don't they know they should. Sure should they should they should just look at him and see oh he's gender expansive i can't call him a he I, because he's gender expansive thank you <laughs> this is ridiculous super and davis informed the school of leo's gender expression before the academic year began but leo was met with confusion from his classmates about whether he was a boy yeah. or a girl and which bathroom he was supposed to use mm-hmm. Now, see, these hateful little brats should know that he's gender expansive. What do you mean? He can go into whatever bathroom he wants. He can wear a dress one day and a pair of pants the next. And it's none of your stinking business. And don't you dare be curious about it, you six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare be. Don't you dare question him. 
You hateful little brat. Get out of here. You're suspended from school. Wait for what? what and by I, the way, what I do? By the way, one of the one of the uh, little girls, I believe it was a six year old girl. She was in first grade. She was she was suspended from school and because good. she called him a boy because she knew him last good. year and he was a boy. But this year he's gender expensive. And she should have known. She should have known. Come on, man. Dang her. Darn it. I'm so mad at that little girl. What a little brat. Is she in jail? She yet? should be in prison. Thank you. She should be in little girl prison. In fact, she Whoa. should be in adult prison. We no. should try her no. as a six-year-old no. adult no. and lock her away and her hateful ways for the rest of her stinking little life. No, no, a gender yes. expansive prison. Expansive. Not a no. Girl she's not prison. gender expansive. She's yeah, a girl. But, but don't, don't don't put her in like a girl prison. I don't give her credit you for being gender expansive. She doesn't even know what that is. She's so stupid. <sighs> Later in the semester. The parent of one of Leo's classmates overheard Leo making a crude joke <laughs> referencing his genitalia. Oh, uh, I kind of want to hear this joke now. Okay, what so gender expansive Leo is making jokes uh-huh. about his gender parts, well, he can. which happen to be male gender He's expansive. parts. The parent reported the comment to a teacher, and Leo's parents were called in for a meeting. The school's principal allegedly told the parents the comment indicated. Leo was disturbed and needed therapy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, oh, oh, oh. Now you've, now you've got, oh, oh. now you have a principal who needs to go to prison and probably be killed. Wait, they, what? They, yeah, they, the you principal think? needs to go to death row. That's not hard. Right now. Straight, do not, do not pass go. Huh. Do not collect $200. Go straight to death row and be killed. <laughs> and I don't care what method you use. I, I, it can be, uh, it, I prefer firing squad. Because uh, that really elicits some fear before you're actually uh, subjected to it. I like it. it. I like it. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, electric chair, I'm not opposed to that either because that hurts for a while before you die. And and sometimes people burst into flame. And that's what this principle deserves. Totally. Totally. I mean, look, the the punishment's got to fit the crime. And this guy's way out of bounds. Uh, Days later, the principal reported super to the state for potential child abuse and authorities visited their household one night. As a result, months later, the abuse accusation was determined to be unfounded after an investigation. Wait, whose house did they go to? So here's the thing. Uh, the, The parents of Leo are suing PS 107. And even though Leo has now left PS 107 and will be, soon begin uh, school at a private school. Um, thank you. Where people are going to be more enlightened. Where people are going to be wealthy. They're going to be elite. Right. And they're going to be enlightened. They're going to be liberals in, in Upper East Side, New York. And these are the people who are going to understand gender expansiveness and thing. Wait. The, the expanded gender at, at, thing. Deal. At this new school, can Leo leave the seat down without getting punished? He can go to. He can do that. He can leave it up. He can leave it down. Wow. He can go in. He can go out. He can go to the girls. He can go to the boys. He can go to the non-gender specific. He can go to the gender normative. To the non-gender normative. He can do whatever Look, he wants. I don't care what you call me. He can just wee wee in his seat <laughs> if he wants to because he's gender expansive. Damn it! And I, I'll thank you not to sneer. Okay, I, I, I want to use you the family bathroom. Just call me whatever it takes All so right. I can use that family bathroom by myself. All right, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three is the number. More Pat Gray coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network.
Gray, Unleashed. 888-900-3393. We were just talking about the gender-expansive kid uh, his, whose parents are, <laughs> are suing his school, uh, Public School 107 in Brooklyn, uh, because they're so hateful. I mean, kids have said, hey, are you a boy or a girl? I, you were a boy last year. Now you're gender-expansive? Uh, I'm not sure that a lot of kids at six and seven are oh yeah really hip about the well, gender expansive thing planned out man they know everything they want to do what they want to be yeah. mm-hmm. what they want to wear or not you know uh J- jeffy was just telling us that he heard about some uh story where a boy had surgery mm-hmm. to become a, and the kid was young like elementary young uh we think under 12 but we're gonna look, we'll we'll get into this tomorrow because this is amazing. Yeah. So the kid was a boy, mm-hmm. decided he w- had a girl inside of him. Yeah. That needed to come out. Come out. They actually did the surgery. Ugh. Is that right? They did the surgery to make him a girl. When he was a girl, after the surgery, decided, oh, wait, that wasn't a girl inside of me. I maybe I. Why is your phone ringing? I'm man? sorry, my magic What's... muffins are done, and that's the. Uh, that's a little ringer that lets me know that my magic muffins are done. So I'll get those in a second. They it's might good. burn, but we'll just, oh, this is we'll fun. just leave it for I kinda a second. I kind of like this. How many times do you think this is going to ring? I don't know. It's good. We'll, but we'll find out together. Anyway, the kid, the kid decided, no, I'm not a girl. After all, even though I've had the surgery to correct the problem that nature made, the, the horrible mistake that the Lord, I guess, made, mm. I, I don't know, and... And now I got to go back to being a boy. So the kid wants to go back to being a boy now. He's not gender expansive anymore. He's not transgender anymore. He's a boy again, but now he's trapped in the body of a girl. I mean, this is just ludicrous. How could you possibly do surgery on a kid before, at least before adulthood? How could you possibly that's, do that? That's child abuse right there. I and, think it is. And, and there's another story out there. I mean, it just never ends. I've got a story where uh, where uh, a six-year-old boy wants to be treated like a girl, uh, refuses to use the boy's bathroom in his school, six years old. And so in defiance, he just pees in his pants every day and fills up his shoes with the pee. And uh, and that's where we're at there. So it's like, you know, it, it, I think what what's happening is now it's become such a, a fad that these schools, as they get into their new school years, are now having these kids show up and saying, I, I, I'm going to be called this, I'm going to go here, and, and what, are, what are schools supposed to do? I don't ever want to hear the phrase, fills up his shoes with pee again. With pee? Fills up his shoes? I don't. Do we need a quote board? I, I, just, I could write, I, think, I could start a quote board Turn off, board turn off his microphone. What, what, what? I don't, I don't want to hear it. Fills up his shoes. I don't want to know about it. I, I don't. No, thank you. <laughs> this is just a sick world. How, I mean, I'm going to ask the question that Terry McAuliffe asked on a totally different subject, but how did we get here? (laughs) It's absolute insanity. Absolute insanity. I I, I mean, how do you even, how do you even make sense of the world when you've got six-year-olds being sued, their parents are being sued, the school is being sued because they're confused because a classmate who was a boy last year, is now apparently not a girl either, but he's not a boy. He's just gender expansive, and they're supposed to understand that and just roll with that punch. Uh, it's madness. I just absolute, total, and complete madness. And by the way, there's, there's plenty more where that came from. Los Angeles has just replaced Columbus Day uh, with... Um, with what? With what? Indigenous... 
Aboriginal and Native Peoples Day. And it's, that rolls right off the tongue. Totally. Man, I can't wait for that celebration. <laughs> hey, happy Indigenous Aboriginal and Native People Day! That's some good alliteration right oh, there. That's great. I, the cards and the letters that I'm going to send to people for mm-hmm. Indigenous Aboriginal and Native People Day are going to be beautiful. And Hallmark is going to make a fortune from this. Uh, the city council voted <laughs> last week to eliminate Columbus Day from the city calendar, uh, siding with activists who view the explorer as a symbol of genocide Thank you. for Native peoples. Well, you know, he, he gave out those. We all know he gave out smallpox blankets uh, to a lot of the indigenous people <laughs> to specifically give them smallpox. Just when they went to bed every night, yeah, they you know just have smallpox all over their bodies now because uh, they put the blankets on mm-hmm. that were loaded with smallpox. Do you know that didn't, I mean, there's, I think there's one recorded instance of that happening and it happened in like 1825, you know, 400 years after Columbus. Uh, he, he didn't, he didn't do the That's not him. He wasn't blanket. alive in 1825? No. How do you expect the youth to know this, man? They're too busy fighting their transgender battles. Come I don't on, expect man. They can't learn know. history. Come Very on. true. Um, Italian-Americans have voiced some anguish over the proposal, telling council members it would erase a portion of their heritage. But see, they're generally white people, and it doesn't matter about their heritage. We don't care about your heritage, Italians. We don't care about your heritage, Irish people. We don't care about your heritage, Germans, except where it applies to Nazis, and we'll call you that from time to time. That's the only part of your heritage we'll pay attention to. Yeah. Okay? Everybody else, sit down and shut up. On behalf of the Italian community, we want to celebrate with you, said Anne Potenza. Well, she's Italian, so you can't listen to her. We just don't want it to be at the expense of Columbus Day. Columbus was a very spiritual man. We'll, We'll talk about this when it gets closer to... Um, Indigenous Peoples Day, Indigenous Aboriginal and Native People Day. We'll talk about this again because mm. it bears it bears some discussion on Christopher Columbus because you can't Google him and find anything good about him anymore. You can't find a single decent thing about Christopher Columbus, the discoverer of America anymore. It is unbelievable. All right, thank you for joining us. See you again tomorrow here on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.